Hey everybody, it's your girl Jasmine Shay. Another edition of Shay Says is on the way. I am sweating. Ugh, this heat wave is ridiculous. I literally have added another fan to my room. So last night I had four fans on and sweated a bit. <laughs> it's just hot. How all of you guys doing so far in this heat wave? You, you relaxing? You staying cool? Remember, drink water. Stay hydrated. It's very, very, very important to drink water. And also to wear a mask and wash your hands. But for the hydration part, make sure you drink some water. It's been a crazy weekend. I'm just, I thought I was all packed for Los Angeles. Definitely not. Got to repack. Went shopping. Okay, so I should show you that. I went to Kohl's for two things. Didn't found one of them and picked up some other things because they have, I, I mean, everyone's, I know that everything's open and whatnot, but there was so many clearance stuff going on at Kohl's that if I had more time, I would have just went through that like no one's business. But I did find a nice pair of sneakers for like 20 bucks and winter boots for like $12 for this season. Cannot wait. And uh, also some really cute overalls I think I might try to bring back. You never know. But I've got to repack everything. Try to get all my quarantine stuff ready. We'll be definitely be documenting my quarantine because I'm sure it's going to be hilarious me losing my mind after at least... <laughs> a week so what else has been going on let's check out the news what we got oh my god shocker an old grumpy man conservative old white man has a problem with people kneeling yes mike dicka says if you can't respect our national anthem get the out of our country let me tell you that reboot of grumpy old men just sucks mike dicka oh my god shut up <laughs> um so the other day was the um, anniversary, 30th anniversary of the Disability Act. And if you could check out the uh, PortugalDemandFoundation.org, um, Eric Hawk, who is their guitar player, um, he is in a wheelchair. He is absolutely amazing. He is just one of my favorite human beings, hilarious, smart, funny, but like is showing the world that just because he's in a wheelchair, he doesn't stop him. Like he's won a Grammy, he's in Portugal the man, travels the world. They did a really good video about how important it is to um, work with the community to make sure that things are, uh, you know, accessible to people with disabilities. So if you want to check out the video, it's at ptmfoundation.org with Eric Hawk. It's just, um, you got to see it. It's so good. Um, we also, in, in up, upstate, we see that City of Hudson completed their colorful Black Lives Matter mural, which is absolutely beautiful. Cannot wait to see it. So we're also a few days away to see who Biden's going to pick for the VP. That's actually part of the conversation I do have with today's guests. Um, I actually have a picture who I, uh, what, three years ago I took, a, I was at a, a rally at DC for Planned Parenthood and I got to stand behind with uh, my, you know, my little sandwich board paper, uh, sandwich board cutout. Um, um, behind the speakers, and um, I had I was behind Nancy Pelosi. I was behind Al Franken, but Kamala Harris, Miss Harris. I got a great picture of me with her behind her. I think she's gonna be it. Um, we're going to wait to see. We still got a few days away. Everyone's been trying to make these jokes on the internet. Um, I have one for you. I have an Alanis Morissette joke for you, but it might be too ironic. But I'm bumped. <laughs> There was a uh, thing that so so Courtney Courtney Cox right she hasn't seen her boyfriend in 133 days because of quarantine so I feel like maybe they're on a break. 
We also saw that in Walmart there are these people wearing fucking Nazi swastika masks. I hope they're and Walmart banned them for life. So, bye. Also, gotta love. Um, we see that in the NBA, you know, baseball's back. The Mets got destroyed the other day by the <laughs> by the Braves, which is just like we won the first game, but then the last two, not so much. However. I will say that I loved that I did see, um, you know, people kneeling, which I'm all about for the national anthem. Um, speaking of the Mets, uh, you know how fans have cardboard cutouts that they can pay to be there? I'm not paying for one because I don't know if I'm going to get it back or if it's really worth the money. But I did see that in the opening day, Trooper Jones, who is a former Atlanta Brave player, you don't know the rivalry between the Braves and the Mets. It was very good in the, in the 90s. Um, Chipper Jones, he actually named his kid Shay. So he actually bought a cardboard cutout of Sideline, <laughs> him and his son Shay, <laughs> to kind of taunt the Mets. And I was like, whatever, we won the first game, so thanks for the money. <laughs> but I thought it was great. I think baseball might be getting canceled, though, because we just saw that uh, some of the Florida players, um, Florida Marlins, I keep saying I want to say Seattle Marlins, but it's the Seattle Mariners. Florida Marlins have had an outbreak. So a couple of their players are um, actually like half their dugout. So I feel like that's just going to affect everything. We'll just catch an eye on that. But I got to give respect to our respect is due the WNBA. They didn't even, the, the first game, they didn't even kneel for the national anthem. They just straight walked out. They are so, they have Black Lives Matter on their court. They, they in the NBA have been saying this season is about bringing social justice. So, you know, the girls represent by being like, we ain't even going to kneel. We're just going to just head out. Bye. Love it. Respect it. Cannot wait to see more of it. Um, we have a little karma. We have Dojo Cat. I've never heard a song of her, but apparently she's famous. She got the coronavirus after mocking people who were scared of it. And uh, over the weekend, I was hanging out with my grandparents, and my grandpa turned 89. And we were. I brought them over to lunch one day, and in the middle of talking, all of a sudden, my grandpa just stopped talking, grabbed his coffee, and went to sit down. And it was because, as we turned around to see on the news, it was um, John Lewis's body uh, casket, um, being and a horse-drawn carriage went over the bridge he was beaten of, beaten on to, um, nearly almost died in Selma. Um, it was a beautiful moment watching that, that horse-drawn carriage, and then just to see rose petals all along the one side as, as they, uh, as the horse-drawn carriage brought his casket, um, to Alabama, uh, uh Alabama's, um, I came Montgomery's capital, and but my grandpa the whole time was just saying, "This is this is the send off he deserves." My grandpa is 89. John Lewis died at 80. Uh, my grandpa's a Korean War vet, and he absolutely loves and adores John Lewis. He knew he went through hell and high waters. My grandpa will always tell you if you ever meet him, but he'll tell you the story he tells me is that he was, you know, from Midwest Ohio. Uh, my grand, my, my my grandpa, my white grandpa, I should say, on my white side of my family, and he. Um, said he never uh, knew about racism until he went to Fort Benning um, to get ready for the uh, when he went to the army because he was down there and one of his classmates was a black man he was having drinks with and some other white guy tapped him on the shoulder saying um, don't be friendly with them we're gonna um, don't be friendly them we don't want them here and my grandpa thought they were told that guy to you know basically f off these they're his buddies from class having a drink and then they end up kicking my grandpa out because they didn't want to kick the black guys out because that would seem that they were racist but they wanted to kick my grandpa out because he was friendly with them and they figured if no one was friendly with these black guys then they would leave and then apparently a, a brawl broke out that my grandpa wasn't involved in but he just did not understand um, 
why racism exists because you know when he where he's from in Midwest Ohio there were everybody around in that area and he was born in the 30s in the, in the 40s grew up in the 40s and 50s and he said didn't realize any of that because everyone got along in his town of Bell Fountain my great-great-grandmother actually would set up canteens so if you came through because Bell Fountain was one of the popular train um, destinations uh, or, or train destinations one of the main train stops was in Bell Fountain and my great-grandma has a plaque because she got she would get food ready for anyone who stopped by um, on that train it didn't matter if you were soldier if you were a criminal if you were just passing by if you stopped through the train station you got a you got a bag you got a sandwich you got some snacks and and my grandpa and would tell me how him and his brothers and sisters would go around town and grab all the baked goods and food that people wanted to donate so they my great grandma made sure everyone was fed that came through that train so it's a it was just a beautiful moment to just watch my grandpa just you know beautiful and sad because you know i i, I cried because i i just i'm gonna i'm gonna always miss john lewis I, I wish he lived forever he was just one of the greatest people in the world um watch i still get still cry and get tears in my eyes when i think about how he dressed up at cosmicon in 2017 and um dressed up as a younger version of himself and just you know led kids through the convention in a march and it was just so beautiful and it's just oh God, I'm gonna miss him so much but watching my grandpa just every few minutes just be like I'm glad he's getting the send off he deserves he deserves this he was a great man and so it was just a beautiful thing to watch and it was I'm glad I got to you know be with my grandparents at the time so we got to watch um um John Lewis's body be arrived in the capital so it was uh, such a bitter just I'm sobbing the whole time I'm still trying not to sob with it uh our today's episode is with uh some friends of mine called repeat repeat they are a band out of tennessee i met them last year at a uh a block party concert now i'm gonna be honest with you they were one of those bands that when i first heard one of their songs i was like all right not bad uh, it was called um hi i'm waiting um but they were one of the, I, I remember having meeting them after and saying to them that um, the lineup, I didn't see where they, I saw where they could have fit in the lineup of this concert, but I was just, wasn't like sure about it. But then when they performed, I was like, oh my God, they're fucking awesome. And it, and it, I've always, I've always feel like there's sometimes when you hear a first single from an artist or a band, it may be not fully represent who they are. So I'm going to tell you right now, Repeat Repeat's one of those bands that even if you've heard one of their singles, I feel like the music on the album is completely different than, than what radio single is. And they are they, they just proved me wrong that I was like, I don't get this. And then I, they were on and I was like, holy shit, they're fucking amazing. Bring high energy. Um, I hope, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things. And if you guys can definitely um, check their stuff out at uh, on my website, remember to like, subscribe, and follow at shaysays.com but please enjoy my conversation with jared and Kristen of repeat repeat you know it's like as time goes by it's like we just morph into one being yeah i, li- <laughs> I literally t- decided not to wear my chicken shirt today so that we didn't totally match <laughs> oh my gosh. it's like you guys are the geico commercials instead of becoming your parents you become each other yeah exactly, exactly. By, those commercials <laughs> are so funny Yes, I've always felt like the last few years Geico has just been killing it in those commercials. And what's funny is my brother's out in Canada, and so um, he sees different advertisements than we do. So like, I just like send him YouTube clips of like new yeah, Geico commercials. commercials. <laughs> oh, <that's awesome. laughs> 
because he's like, I don't see these here. And I was just like, these are hilarious. I think my favorite one still is like the pigeon. The one when he was like taking the pillows off the couch and he's like, it's too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is this um is this just going to be audio or video too? Yes. This is just audio. Um, so it's just cool. easier for me to have conversations with people if I can see them. No, no, that's <laughs> good. It's just we didn't like shower or anything. So we I didn't like, either. It's my it's my day off. So yeah, yeah. you're good. I just <laughs> want to make sure, like, otherwise, because otherwise I'll have to like move into frame sometimes. So so that like, if my mother in law was watching, she's well, not like anyway, she's so. not like I can't see your face. The whole time. She, would, <laughs> she would be like that. Let me see that pretty face. Yeah, I've been enjoying those those throwbacks <laughs> that you were throwing. Uh, thank those you. Those are great. Oh my those god. Those were like the style though was like perfect. Like I, I, if you were a kid in my middle school, we would have hung out for sure. They're, like oh, those boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So my mom was always. Uh, this is indicative of my family. Um, my mom always bought things off the clearance rack. Which I think is great. That's what I do now. Uh, and frankly, <laughs> I think it's kind of become like cool to do that kind of stuff now. But uh, like mm -hmm. when we were growing up, my mom uh, just – but the irony of it was that like she didn't need to. Like we made enough money that we could have had. So I would be like, mom, I want like Dickie's shorts. Everyone's wearing Dickie's shorts. Like Blink-182 just put out a new music video. And she'd be like, no, we, they're too expensive. So then like – Two summers later, she'd be like, honey, I got you those dicky shorts you wanted. And I'd be like, the only <laughs> so my style was always like two seasons behind. Oh my God. And that was same. That, it was my thing. Same. I always had my brother's hand me downs because, like, I was always that, like, perfectly weird shape in between, like, two sizes. So I could never, like, I miss, I don't know if they ever had this, but I miss Weathervane because Weathervane had, like, the greatest jeans for girls. Mm. So, um, I would always have my brother's hand-me-downs of like the t-shirts and this, that's how I got like my sports stuff. And like, so when the whole um, sweatpants thing came into style, I was already ahead because I had all of my brothers. Yeah. So I, yeah. I enjoyed the sweatpants era very much, but I hear you on the clearance. I literally went to Target well, today and got all bras from clearance. Era. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Cause we're back in it. Yeah. Well, and also <laughs> like, I, I'm really into the fact that like cool, like, uh, like a friend of that I used to work with who did some photos for us. She's like, she's definitely one of the kids that I would want to be like cool. Like when I was in college or whatever. And, mm -hmm. but she's dressing like, she's like dressing like my mom. It's like cool to dress like moms now, I guess. But she's wearing like kids <laughs> and like, you know, rolled up mom jeans and shit. And uh, I'm oh, like, wow. I'm glad this is coming back. I'm glad it's like kind of cool to dress like a dad. Cause I got that on lock. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. I uh, I was saying this is so, like since I've been working in the grocery store, like I love the days where I get to like throw on leggings and do nothing. Um, but I did just find out when I since I'm going out on vacation and I'm since I'm willingly going to California, I got a quarantine when I get back, and I'm like, bring on the leggings. Yeah. I will gladly <laughs> take my two weeks to do nothing away from humanity and just you know chill. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I was said earlier though. I feel you on the clearance because I just went to Target and this morning and got all my bras off clearance. I was like, I am not messing around. <laughs> not even looking. I'm going straight to the clearance rack. You oh, give yeah. me like, you give me a good hour and a, my headphones and a joint. I can go through any like 
discounter act like it's nobody's business. I like sweep up at Kohl's getting like great outfits for like 10 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're no strangers to the clearance sections. Nope. <laughs> so what have you guys been doing to like keep sane since you guys been uh is, is Nashville on uh, lock still on lockdown? Mm. We rolled or is back, it more we, we rolled back a phase um just because you know since downtown is so touristy no one can mm -hmm. no one can contain themselves here so oh, we, we had to roll back a phase just because of all of that so I don't actually know because we're just geographically so far from everyone else that we're mm -hmm. in our own sort of socially distanced. I mean, cause we live, we lived right by the stadium in downtown for 11 years. And then um, two summers ago, we moved an hour North of Nashville to a, to 12 acres. So we're just like oh. in our own world our own. anyway that, we don't even that does know just sound Nashville. lovely yeah it is it's right, <laughs> up our, it's right up our alley we 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 realized we wanted to move to acreage well i, I mean we've always wanted to because we have 12 rescue animals but when we like when we really started touring a lot we started kind of wanting to be less you know in the city when we were coming home from touring so We've yeah, been, as Joe yeah. likes to say, we've been socially distancing before since before it was cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I've had some friends that, like, I know when they would come home from tour, I just would like not talk to them for like the first week because I'm like, you just probably sick of humans, and I understand it. So yeah. you holler at me when you <laughs> want to, like, you know, yeah, reclaim reclaim the your social, you know, being social back. I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. It creates a weird environment too for like what's next because you know you love to tour and you see all these bands that are like I miss touring and everything and we do too but we also like don't want to be the guinea pigs when it comes back you know what I mean like uh, yeah so yeah it, I just actually saw do you remember the band Great White yeah we were there, talking about yeah. It. Yeah, because yeah, I just saw that like they performed another show that wasn't social distancing, and then of course, just in my head, I'm like, can you get charged with double jeopardy? <laughs> like, because yeah. I feel like you've already, yeah. like, yeah. already had an did something that killed people, and now you're like, could infect more people. Like, I don't know what's going. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It was either. Yeah, the whole thing uh, it, that it's it's just so weird. I don't know. It's like, and so you want to like come back and play shows. But you're also kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be the first to play shows, like, because, yeah, I don't know, we're not as big as like, you know, like, so we out here in Tennessee, like this guy, Chase Rice, Chase Rice? Yeah. This big country artist. Oh, yeah, he, he, he performed, didn't he? And got a lot of backlash. Yeah, but I mean, he can, he can kind of afford to have backlash, right? Before I mean, he, start, let me get he mm -hmm. yeah, he's like a bigger artist. So like, uh. So I don't know. We can't us the smaller bands like us like we can't really afford to, you know, have our asses handed to us or play a show and a bunch of people get yeah. sick or or the band gets sick or something like that. So it, yeah, you know. But at the same time, people are like, well, I, you know, don't you want to be out there and touring and everything? And you know, you don't want to seem like you, you don't. But I don't know. It's just yeah. Weird, yeah. Weird it's vibe. it's weird how like people like. You're you're looking out for you and the safety of your fans, and there's just some people out there who just don't see that. You know, they just are just 
and but I understand being a fan. Like I miss shows, but yeah. I I've been around enough to know that like I can be responsible. But I don't know who the rest of these other people are. And because yeah. even work even working at the grocery store, like I see people every day not following directions, mm-hmm. and it's like, and it just drives me nuts. And it's just like, but. I know that they're also probably not following directions out there in the world. <laughs> what else is open? So yeah. I like mean, in it, New York. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go. No, oh, no, you can go. Oh, well, I was just saying like, it, it's, isn't it like, that's the whole problem. Right. I mean, I think like, uh, there's an element like living out here and we're in the South and it's Tennessee and everything. And people are like, don't infringe on my rights or whatever. And it's kind of like, yeah, but it's like the first people when, when it's like a mask mandate and like, don't tell me I have to wear a mask or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but the problem is, is if we just said like, everybody, please just take caution. Like the first people that wouldn't wear masks are the people that are probably going to get you fucking sick. It's like, I told Chris, it's like car insurance. Like you legally have to have it to drive and no one bats an eye. And it's, if they just were like, you know what, we're going to take that away. You can choose to have car insurance if you want. The first people that will get rid of it are the people that drive like shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And then I, I've tried to explain to, uh, cause I work with a lot of teenagers and like, you know, they, they miss being out with their friends, but I will, I'm like, do you know, like I tell them like, think about like the one gross thing that you do that like no one else knows, like whether it be like picking your nose or like wiping the Doritos on your like jeans or a seat, like those little things that you do, just imagine what everybody else does that might be just worse. Oh, and if they're not good. the ones <laughs> You know what I mean? If they're not the ones, like you're responsible, but they might not be. Like I have so much sanitizer and lotion. Like I'm surprised I'm not wrinkled as much as I should be. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm just like we're all gross. Like we should all know this. I know that some of us are responsible, but not everybody is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, pretty like that. That who I think people are saying that's an analogy of why they don't like doing group projects. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, like this is <laughs> what's happening now is exactly why I hated group projects. Yeah. I had one that was uh, the last one I had before I graduated uh, uh, fear, uh, six years ago was for my economics and labor class. And one girl was from um, Hong Kong, didn't speak a word of English. And then the other kid was from Israel. And so it was interesting to um, all like they both just like had an app that 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 week that I could join in the group text so I could text it in English and it will go to them in their language so that we could uh, comprehend back. So it was very interesting and intriguing to see because I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but they did a good job. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, so it was just like uh, but I like even with getting an economics degree, I was just like language is money is one language. (laughs) Like everybody knows it. (laughs) No joke. So you guys didn't have, do you, you had tours or a tour or any uh, shows planned before all this happened? Um, yeah, we had a little bit of stuff. Uh, honestly, we picked this year to uh, lay low. So we had a pretty big mm-hmm. year last year. Um, yeah. You know, we played yeah, up in your neck of the woods and we also toured with the Black Keys and Modest Mouse and everything. So uh our tour manager put it the best way it was like uh you guys are kind of sitting pretty so just like sit and be pretty we came home like ready this to kind of in the fall you know when we were kind of trying to figure yeah. out what our like 
winter and spring touring were going to look like. And ultimately, we just mm-hmm. kind of decided we were not going to be touring and working on new music. And then all this happened. So it yeah. kind of was right in line with where we were already at. We had like maybe four dates on the books, like one or two festivals and then a couple return dates after the Keys tour. Uh, But, uh, you know, we just we watched the clock kind of tick on that and they Mm -hmm. eventually the venues just had to shut down temporarily. So, uh, you know, it made sense. We 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 always say like we picked a good year because we were pretty much planning on doing less than a handful of dates this whole year. So. I feel really shitty for the bands that like, you know, had a full year planned and that was going to make all their money and everything. But we were kind of set for the year to just lay low and, you know, kind of re uh, recharge. I found it interesting that a lot of people were uh, just on the social media feed reacting to um, like big name bands getting the small loans from the government. And I'm like, yeah, but they're probably, and I know that most of them were giving it to their, like, tour groups, their techies, you know, the people that were supposed to go out with them, you know. So it was interesting to see people's reactions to, yeah, like, uh, major bands getting money. And I was just like, well, they're, they're," you know, my friend, she said that one of the bands that she was supposed to be, uh, she does stage managing and then she's a sound engineer. Yeah. She, uh, one of the bands that she had two tours planned with, they got a loan and then they basically paid the whole crew that, that loan because they knew that nothing was going to be happening for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I would rather have, I don't know, Guns N' Roses get a loan than like some blank corporation or whatever. That I mean, doesn't... I take absolutely <laughs> yeah. no issue with any musicians yeah. getting any financial yeah. support because quite frankly, even the bit, I mean, we're, most of us are always operating at a, you know, I mean, it's, it's high expenses to have to travel everywhere with a yeah. bunch of stuff and a bunch mm-hmm. of people. So like, I really personally don't care what bands of what size are getting any help. I mean, if anything, I feel like, man, more power to you. Cause the hustle yeah. is hard, you know? Yeah. Have you been seeing how, uh, uh, Axel Rose has been going in at Steve Mnuchin on Twitter. It's great. Yeah. Oh no, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, it's I. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. And who also Sebastian? You remember Sebastian Bach? Sebastian Bach. Yes. Recently, yes, like, actually. You know, I had a great photo of me and Sebastian Bach from like my first radio station that I worked at. He played like one of our end of the summer festivals. Hi. He was just getting in his van. He was like so tall. And he just like looked at, and I just remember like, can I just get a picture? And then he like looked at me like I was like, do you like kind of like, do you know how old I am? How old? Are, how young are you? How do you know me? Kind of situation. I was yeah. like, no, I think I know who the fuck you are, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys from like those hair metal band days and stuff are all like super liberal and stuff. It's like Tommy, uh, who, uh, what's his name, drummer. Tommy Lee and stuff. Tommy Lee. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. very like left. The irony is that there's probably rampant misogyny throughout a lot of those guys. Right. Got all of it. You know yes. what I mean? It's like yeah. You know, you I guess you cherry pick what you like about those people and whatever. But um, 
But you know, a lot of those guys are like super anti. There's not a whole lot I like about Tommy Lee. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just like when he tweets about and being anti-Trump. That's a really about yeah, it. Yeah, there I you think. go. There's, you know what I mean? there's one point. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. My, my, I, I believe my favorite. Well, my favorite thing ever about Tommy Lee is that he actually played on an Andrew McMahon record. Oh, weird. And. Uh, I think it was a Jack's Mannequin record, but like one of his favorite Andrew McMahon songs is one of my favorite Andrew McMahon songs. So I was just like, all right, I like you on that. Like that just, it just the thought it was, because I remember like him talk, I'm hearing something or reading about him talking about playing on that record. And I was like, wait, Tommy Lee? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I'm like, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's kind of like, it's not anywhere close, but it's kind of like we had like the guitars from the Jim Blossoms play on our first record. It was, oh. we just were friends with him. We are friends with him. He like flew into town so he could do it. He's like, y'all are in the studio. Let me come out and say hi and play on a track. So we were like, yeah, come on. Oh, wow. You know? That's awesome. I love the Jim Blossoms. They played at, at all upstate is cool and that's kind of what kind of what i miss about the summer is that we have um a lot of outdoor places like we have the plaza which is the where you know the capital and the senate's there and it's the museum so we have these big stairs and like this huge open spaceway and then we have down by the river we would have what we call our uh live at five which is kind of like a block or two away from where you guys played on uh, pearl street yeah. So we have like all of those spaces and they put on like free shows and the Jim Blossoms played one time at the Plaza and I was like the like just I remember like getting a little bottle of vodka and putting it with like my Gatorade and like getting on the bus because I knew it was on the bus line and like drank yeah. and had a great day like the only time I've ever seen the Jim Blossoms and they played everything I wanted to and it was like They're lovely, so much fun lovely lovely people and they put on a great show yeah the first time we saw oh, them it was, live was at the Grand Ole Opry actually yeah that? oh wow it was weird it was yeah like, that yeah it's it's always interesting to find like with artists and bands that play like with Albany because we have like a good lineup that we'll get like we had like in vogue last year come down for like a night so we have like theme nights like there's always like a reggae night hip-hop night there's like a uh old rock classic night um same thing they do downtown but the way the gym blossoms did I remember it was just like a the, the one vent that was like just the chillest because you're around a bunch of drunk people that have been drinking all day at the plaza but when they played like everybody just like had a good time and vibe no one got too crazy no one got what it was beautiful like off off key singing around us but it was beautiful <laughs> so it was like always one of my favorite um like just shows because they were just so good and i remember i held up my cell phone to like to record something and the singer grabbed it and actually like sang to my voicemail. <laughs> so I don't even know if I still have that as a flip phone and I know I miss it. So you know how that, how long ago yeah. that was in technology. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man, flashback. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing day. Oh, so much fun, but that's cool. That they, what track did he play on? Uh, it was off our record, Floral Canyon. He played on a track called. He played on two, okay. yeah, actually. Yeah, the one was not released. Oh right. right. Okay. Well, uh, he played slide guitar actually on this track called Paulina. Ooh. Paulina Beefman, actually. <laughs> it's a long story. It's a long story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so <laughs> it's this like spooky-ish song that we had towards the end of the record. So that's him playing slide on. Oh nice. Yeah. And so yeah, you said you guys um, toured with the Black Keys because Patrick Carney, you guys. He produced your album, last album, Glazed? Yeah. Uh, he produced it and helped co-write it and stuff. 
and uh you know it started as like one song and turned into three songs and then turned into the whole record and then uh we just got i th- we uh we were like in the running for a tour with uh what was that band oh gosh what were they my, so many names are coming to my head because they're like we've been in the run for <laughs> so many tours band, that white reaper did yeah. Um, what are they called? Yeah, I love White Reaper. Yo, we love White yeah. Reaper too. Uh, so they're they're, they're so fucking dope. I mean, yeah, right. The struts. All right, we were, we were in the running. Oh, the struts. Well, no, White Reaper. But no, no, then we love the White Reaper. I, I mean, uh, I, uh, I, I don't like. To so talk- you were supposed to open up for or for the struts on that tour that. that I saw White Reaper open up for them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay uh well no we weren't supposed to we were just in the running and white reaper ended up getting Uh it but uh we just what happened was is we were in the running and then we were just kind of like it it wasn't going to pan out and then like the next day Mm -hmm. we got a email that patrick was like you guys want to come on this tour with us in modest mouse and we were like yeah sure that's sounds much up right up our alley much more right up our alley you know i um I've never seen the the Black Keys. They were supposed to come this summer. Um, right. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of I was kind of way more excited to see Larry Clark Jr. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I was just like, cause I I I just never. I mean, I just love Gary Clark. I love this band. Yeah. It was such a great record. Um, but I remember that Struts tour because like, and you know, in radio we have like the meet and greets that we do. Yeah. And the Struts did the like. Um, and I love bands that will do it, even though it kind of bugs. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing is when yeah. we go to like watch them play sound check for two songs yeah you know it's it's right but um the struts came out in their normal clothes like just like hanging out what they do before they get all and i was like i would be way more intrigued if you guys actually played like that on stage i'm not saying like the makeup doesn't like you know doesn't do anything but i was just like i'm watching i'm just like this is way more interesting when you're just wearing like your clothes you just rolled out of the bus with and, and, you're, you're, like, so and you're not like in a costume yeah you're so right yeah about that. yeah I mean, like if there's one thing that i feel like this uh time in the world has really taught us is that like well it's taught us a, a lot, lot of, of things stuff. yeah but, but i think one <laughs> yeah. of the big things for our career and i guess just for life in general is like there are a few things that are that matter more than just like good music and love and authenticity. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to like shit on bands that like wear costumes or have like a getup or whatever. Cause you know, it works for a lot of bands, but I think what we've realized in this chapter is like, uh, I don't want to like one. It's so annoying. Like, it seems like such like a, Life is so hard. Now. Work. I don't want to yeah. dress. Up. Yeah. I don't want to dress up all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, I think one thing that I like love about like Billie Eilish, on top of like, I like a lot of her songs, is like she like does not give a fuck. It's like she's just like yep. wearing like the weirdest fucking like clearance yep. rat shit. Baggiest. Right. Yep. I'm like rep that clearance rat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes her. Yeah. That's part of what makes her awesome. And I guess it's just like yeah, we used to be like if you go way back to the beginning when we were playing, it was like. Kristen with like a lot of makeup and like a lot of like not you know really like shiny glittery outfits yeah and I think in the beginning uh-huh. we we more thought of ourselves in the band as like kind of exaggerated versions of ourselves right. so like I would yeah. go oh this is my opportunity to dress like you know london 60s mod you know like like beatles girlfriends and stuff like that you know so i'd wear like 
60s mini dresses and tall boots yeah. and big eyelashes and stuff like that. And over time, I just kind of went, none yeah, of this, I don't yeah. care about we, that. Yeah, we just yeah. realized like none of this shit matters. You know what I mean? Like what matters is that mm -hmm. like the music connects with people and what matters is that you're like real. I think people want to see you be real. And I feel like yeah. that's changed our perception of so many artists in this time, good and bad. I feel like there's artists that we maybe didn't love their music as much, but in this chapter, we feel like, oh man, we've really connected with their music more because they're real. And there's artists that who have music that maybe we thought was cool. And then because of all of this shit happening, it feels a little bit more like thirsty, thirsty. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. just, I think that's like, going forward we just am like i'm just like i'm not gonna have my band outfit and my street outfit i'm just gonna be like i don't like no one gives a fuck about that shit and i think you brought that point <laughs> right it's like if they would just wear their whatever their clothes were it feels more like real life i don't know so. Damn. yeah yeah it felt it's like I mean, with the with the way their style, their music is, I can understand the the whole makeup concept, like the whole package of it. Yeah. But when they were just playing with like you know ripped jeans and like an overbaggy sweater, I was like, I think this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's more specific to rock, um, at, at least like indie rock and rock and roll. Like, uh, I mean, I think like if you're like in a glam rock band or something, obviously, or if you're like you know mm -hmm. every every genre has their own little things but i think for like us and indie rock it's just kind of like i think people just want to hear songs that connect with them and that's like the most important thing especially right yeah now, you know i will make an yeah. exception for uh, now i hope there are no visceral reactions but <laughs> i can't wait to see what taylor swift wears on tours <laughs> i mean i do love her outfit i know though. pop is is a little different a i feel thing. like they have like a different license than we do in indie rock <laughs> those like one piece sequiny things i'm always like girl you look so cool <laughs> yeah. Can I, i'm about to break your heart i actually don't like this uh, I mean, <laughs> it's okay you wouldn't be the first yeah i, yeah. I know I, but i get it no there's there's some outfits where i see i mean i i i, I hate I shouldn't say I hate watching, but I when even when there were award shows, I was one of those people that was more intrigued about the awards than the performance because now because I and don't get me wrong, I love the performances, um, but when it's an award show, as I feel like you, I just want to see more of the awards being given out and the acknowledgement of like you know of the people that because there's so many categories. But when I do catch a few of these uh, um, performances of hers, I was I'll say I was like, oh that's cute, oh that looks good, you know like yeah. like there's. Yeah, because pop pop music is definitely. I mean, I remember like when Britney Spears wore a see-through kind of sequence outfit oh, yeah. on the VMAs. Everybody lost their goddamn mind. Or when J Lo <laughs> wore that green dress. Yeah. Green Versace dress. Yes. Yes. Man, do it's, I it's, wish those. I miss those simpler times when we could all just be talking time, about just right? J Lo's dress for right? a few days and not just anything that just makes us depressed all the time. I know. <laughs> I was chatting with a. John Nolan from Straight Light Run and Taking Back Sunday. And I was like, remember when the biggest issue was like, who was your top nine on MySpace? Like, yeah. I miss those days of social media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. no just simple, simple arguments. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was, I was just like a couple. I think it was like a couple two weeks ago. I saw that um, it was the anniversary 
of when the women won their second World Cup and the one girl celebrated by taking like her shirt off and it was like 21 years ago I remember that everybody lost their mind about the sports bra and I was like I feel like they've come far but haven't come far enough in uh to a reaction of like women because even with like the Super Bowl people were losing their minds like calling it soft core porn and I'm right. like listen I watch porn that is not porn which yeah. I love yeah. and Shakira there's like a weird dissonance right because it's like uh you know, we hit these moments where it feels like we're moving so far ahead and like so progressive and things like that. And then at the same time, it's like, uh, I feel like the last month or two have been like some of the most like, uh, backwards steps for like women's rights yeah. and stuff like that too. So it's like such a weird time. Cause it's like so many, I think socially, so many of us are like conscience, conscious and aware and like, want to move in a, a certain direction but then at the same time there's like i it just also feels like are we why are we still having these arguments like why are these still things that yeah we're fighting you know for uh now i don't know like and yeah and i i the backstory between um how we met we met last year but i remember the conversation we had is that uh we were talking about uh you're like i'm a white dude and i don't i want to like respond about how being like I'm pro feminist like I'm all about women you know helping women and support and I remember we were having that conversation uh because you didn't not, like necessarily not know what to say but like how to go about it because people were always going to be be like what are you talking about pro you know what I mean like how people can attack you for just saying like yeah you're for feminism yeah uh well I it's interesting now uh because I I'm still very much about all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's man, they talk about it's like so so many of these like weird lines that you you have to stand up for what's right. You have to be on the right side of history, but you also don't wanna come off as like an opportunist, right? You don't wanna like yeah, like you you wanna we're one hundred percent for Black Lives Matter and for the rights of of everybody, human rights and equal rights and, and rights for animals and everything. We're both vegan. And, but it's also kind of like, how do we do that as to, you know, white middle-class musicians? How do we do it in a way that is meaningful, authentic, and doesn't seem like we're just like hopping on a opportunity that to like, bandwagon. yeah, just to be like, well, like I want to get my likes in for the day on Instagram. And, um, the same goes with like the feminism stuff. It's like, uh, I think Kristen taught me a lot of this. I mean, I would hope that someone like Kristen would teach me a lot about this, but it's like, how do I be an ally at the same time being mindful that some of the like loudest voices for, allyship and for feminism are end up being the like biggest fucking creeps. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many memes out there about mm -hmm. like guy. I mean, Chris just showed me one the other day. It was like guy who hasn't been me too'd yet. Uh, bravely calls out guy who just got me too'd. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do, yeah, I, yeah. How do I, how do I be an ally? How do I be vocal and be supportive, but not uh, overcompensate for, for, you know, whatever, just like there's so many like shitty guys out there that are it's like hopping on the bandwagon i think to try to divert people's attention maybe so yes no yeah 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 because you see that um even with uh actually i talked one of my good friends and i were talking about how they're the band brand new like yeah. i 
can't listen to brand new anymore. Yeah. Um, there's days where I can, if it's because like, it's a weird thing. Like I, I as a, a rape survivor myself, like when I hear about other male artists, like preying upon females or, or even fans, it's, it's gross, you know what I mean? And it's reaction. But then when, um, their first statement out is to be like, boo-hoo me. And it's just like, no, yeah. <laughs> like it, that it makes me feel. So now I'm just like, and it, so after he had his apology, I, I, I even, you know, wrote my thing saying, listen, like as, as someone who's like, I think I was still like going through the court system, taking my review to court, like you're playing the victim card and you're not even apologizing to the person like if there's uh mandy moore just said the same thing that just came out about right now she's just like she goes it's yeah it's like you you can't you publicly apologize before you do it privately to the person that you affected and that just seems weird in that aspect like that's to me you know a little suspect of how much i should take your apology with a grain of salt like if you reached out to your people that you hurt first yeah then you know what I mean. It, it would be, to me be more meaningful than just being like, "Hey, yeah, I did this. I'm an asshole. Sorry." And I'm like, "You didn't do anything to me. Apologize to them." Yeah. I just saw one the other day, like on this topic about um, I I couldn't. I was just trying to look for it. I couldn't remember if it was Hard Times or The Onion, but it was like, yeah, yeah. it was like, man will do anything. Uh, man will support anything for you to not be mad at him. <laughs> it was like, yeah. like, like <laughs> yeah. man will publicly support anything so that you're not mad at him or something. And right. I was like, oh, <laughs> that is so tough because that is never like our intention when we're being supportive yeah. of something. But then it's like, well, what do you not support it? Cause you don't want to be taken and that, right. or, you know, you don't want it to be taken like that. It's just, it's yeah. I Isn't there, know. there's that, that saying that's like, woman's like biggest fear is getting raped and a man's like biggest fear is um getting embarrassed getting embarrassed or like rejected being rejected you know what i mean yeah and it's yeah it's like it really you think about that it's like really a part of the whole perspective of all of it is like like god forbid like we bruise some dude's pride you know what i mean after all that we've like put women yeah. through uh so you know i don't know yeah but i try to be as vocal without seeming like i'm trying to like what's the word pander, pander really yeah you know what i mean pander yeah I, but no i appreciate being because i you know i follow you guys and everything and i've there's things that you guys post that i reshare because i i you know it's not on my feed so i don't think your guys are pandering at all i do appreciate um the awareness that you are using with your platform from it because you know well thank you. it's good to have allies thank you that we're trying to be um really yeah, really care you know i know you guys really do like generally care and it's not a not a stay face kind of thing yeah Kristen, again, she's taught me a fuck ton of things. One of them is that, like, <laughs> thanks, honey, to be your <laughs> to be very careful about, like, as far as what we want to share is like the kind of stuff that makes people think and also makes people, or hopefully, makes what people want to act or make people feel something. But to always be careful not to just shit on people for like any one thing or another, yeah. because it's like. Don't worry if some dude sucks, like all of Twitter will be on that train and we can privately be mm-hmm. on that train or if some dude says something, but there's enough of that on the internet and, and there are, mm-hmm. there are, you know, whole pages devoted just 
to making people feel like shit. So that's, that's, that can be a really powerful thing. Like I, yeah. I love following things where it's like, cause I told Kristen, like shame is kind of the last big powerful tool we have. I mean, honestly, it's the only thing that works for yeah. the president right now. It's like the only thing that bruises his pride, bruising his pride is like the only thing that ever works. Right. So it's like, shame is like a powerful thing. Is it working? I don't know. It, uh, no, <laughs> but I mean, like, if you watch him walk off that no, I mean, he, after that rally, yeah. Oh, the Tulsa rally. It was yeah, and you know, it was even funny. I uh, I got my friend, a bunch of my friends, to sign up for his New Hampshire rally that got canceled for the tropical storm, <laughs> but we still get text messages about. Um, you know, events and like, I mean, they are so thirsty. Oh. Like, no, I don't need the, they're the only men that text me yeah. <laughs> like every day. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one was, um, you know, Don Jr. Little message. Like, did you sign up to, uh, get a VIP exclusive flight and hotel to meet my dad? And I was like, no, because people are literally fucking dying of COVID over there. And your racist father is golfing. And then two seconds later goes president Trump. I am some unsubscribing you from my, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Damn. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I think that the same stuff is like really important for the people that know how to do it properly. But for us, at least we just, want to be a vocal we want to be allies and show support but also do things that make people think and and try not to just like make people feel like crap or whatever you know yeah like there's there's on facebook a few um like groups that will uh be groups that will point out like local racism you know within like people's pages or post things or or like, uh, there's we have an incident going on right now with an ice cream shop that has been around since I can remember, and I've been in this area since like 1992. Um, and it's funny because every time I drive by it, I'm like, that place is still open. Like, you know, it's just you, yeah. one of those places that you see, but you rarely like you. You've never, I don't know, I've ever been there. But the the people who the owners leased it to somebody to run the business, and that person was just coming out, came out to have like a text message screenshot of like saying like, I know I don't hire niggers. I never hired coons, all this stuff. And people have been protesting there. And he like came out one day, like with a gun and like was just standing there in front of his business. And, but to, and he got a desk appearance and he didn't even show up for it. And I was like, so here you have like this white dude showing up with a shotgun. Um, there weren't, and the, the protesters weren't going after, like they weren't damaging the business. They were just like chanting and trying to get the other employees to quit. So, and, and like some employees did quit and, uh, and people were getting them other jobs at other companies, <clears throat> um, just because they didn't want it to, to hear. And the, and it's been crazy to see how, when we have black lives matter protests in my town, how the cops react to, um, people like defending their house or like this or some kind of monument with guns in front of people and like it, it's it's so frustrating because these people get away with everything and yet they want to make us look like the bad people for just mm. you know chanting against racism i do think it's important to note, like just to piggyback on what jared said like we i we do think it's very important to be loud and against things and yeah. Buck yeah. back at things, but what he's referring to, like I'm, we're both very, well, really, especially me, but I'm a very sensitive person. I'm very like just to everything. I'm very emotional, and sometimes 
if I feel sort of like overstimulated by negativity, I tend to mm-hmm. want to shift to propping things up that I believe in on that top, you know, instead of dragging something down mm-hmm. on the topic, I'll find a way to build up what should be, you know, and build up what's the yeah. antithesis of that and be loud mm. about how to support things and how to, you know, fight against things as opposed to just being like, this thing sucks and that thing sucks and this fucking person, you know, yeah. like that, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, there's so much of it that sometimes yeah. I try to go like, okay, let's just break down. Let's just like break away from this, yeah. like this, everything is terrible and go like, since everything is terrible, here are the things mm-hmm. that you can do to, to fix it. it. Yeah. yeah. To fix that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's yeah. like, you, you, you read all these things that are like, you know, um, you'll see like a tweet and it's like, uh, what are we asking for to, for the cops to stop killing us? Right. And it's like, cool. I'll change the name of this show. And you're like, okay, that's nice and all, but you know, that's not what, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to not call this ice cream flavor, this ice cream. And you're just like, okay, that's all nice and good and stuff. But like, we're asking for, we just want equal rights. Right. And so for me, it's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rather than just like sharing a, a video of some Karen like yelling at some black person uh, in some gas station, which I feel like for, at least for me, it doesn't really help anybody who's watching it from our perspective to share. I'd rather share something that's like uh, the ACLU just shared this petition. You can sign this or like, mm-hmm. like the yep. Elijah McLean stuff that was happening and, or that is happening. Mm. It's like trying to not just share the videos of what's going on with the cop. Yeah. That you but, can't do anything about. Yeah. Cause sharing then people the just feel like shit yeah. and yeah. move on and swipe to the right. Or I start crying and right. then, you know, <laughs> it's like sharing that and then sharing yeah. statistics. So people can think about those statistics, sharing like uh, a lot of petitions. That's our big thing is like petitions, like share petitions, ways to yeah. donate, things like that. Um, ways and you can donating support. is a huge thing. Too, right you know. you know what i mean yeah i've been i've been seeing and that's why i appreciate um the music the, the, i should say the, the music business because most uh sometimes people in the business are terrible but <laughs> artists like knowing wait, that they they're are? i'm in the wrong business <laughs> yeah the wrong, oh well well hold on we'll, we'll sidetrack what i was about to say i just read something from um oh what was it vanity that says that it was an article about how a producer said that the whole music business is going to cave if Drake goes independent. And I was like, if you're depending the whole music business on Drake, then let it burn. (laughs) Nobody sent us that memo. I feel like something that's going to affect us so greatly, we should have gotten a memo about. Yeah. I know, I know. I mean, if, so if, if Drake if, if Drake goes independent, guys, it's just it's all okay. over for all of us, I guess. Well, all of this mute, all of this money we're making in indie rock, if that goes away because Drake goes yeah. independent, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah, right. We're making so much yeah. money doing but, indie rock. <laughs> but no, that's what I appreciate that even like during this hard time, that there are bands and artists that are doing band camp to like use their music to not like any nothing goes to them it goes to donations to like yeah. that you know the alc right yeah see i i sit on the, i sit on the board of directors of the new york version of the aclu so i always say it wrong yeah. <laughs> when i get it mixed in my head but um the naacp um you know any any local organizations and, and so that's what i i appreciate because like we're all struggling for money and during this times but the fact that you're having your um 
using a platform to donate and other people are. It's a beautiful thing to say. I think there's, thank you. But I also think there's like little bits and pieces too that you, like if, because money is so tight, I know like we've had to think of ways to be creative and show allyship and show support and stuff like that. And it's like, it really trickles down to, to like, I've had to like chew out my dumbass friends for posting a video of them, like at a party with like a dozen friends. Cause I'm like, do you realize how, uh, how privileged it is to be able to like post a video of you and your 11 other white friends, like party when like, and then the next day you'll post something about black lives matter. And it's like, like, I don't know. Yeah. In my mind, it's like the African-American community is disproportionately getting sick and dying because of this. And it's just, is like, like There's wearing, a disconnect right, there. wearing a mask and oh, yeah. promoting like social distancing is also in my mind. And maybe I'm wrong is also like a way of helping support that community and all communities and minorities and stuff too, because you're not letting those people get sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we have, um, in our, uh, you even see it in the city, how, how the ways and with the police that like in Harlem, they still have the basketball courts closed up, but in like upper West side, you know, the, uh, central park is open and people are just partying in the village and you're just like, yet most people who got arrested for not social distancing have been from the other boroughs that are known for being the black boroughs or, you know, like the ghetto parts of that borough that they say people want to refer it to. So it's like frustrating to see that, you know, privilege right there. Even, I mean, even in my town, like I, at the grocery store that I work at, I've said this, I, during this whole pandemic, I've no, who has never heard the word no before, because I'm a block away from like some of the rich elite people. And then down the road, it's like everybody middle-class and whatnot. So for like, the way that people react about having to wear a mask, they'll tell me all the time. And I'm just, I'm like, you're, you're in here for 10 minutes, probably three times a day. You know, I'm here longer and I still do it. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, or, or they get shocked that we ran out of like marshmallows or corn on the cob during a popular holiday weekend. And I'm like, Oh God, I know. So sorry. We don't have marshmallows during a pandemic. <laughs> for your fourth of July I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> we had sparklers at the house. Like we've got these, this is, this seems like a weird story, but it does tie in here. We had these, um, my nephew got married a few years ago and they had these huge, you know, like wedding caliber sparklers where, you know, they hold them at the end of the wedding and they walk through them. So they're, mm-hmm. they're like three feet long. They last a long time. They're really cool. Well, f- for 4th of July, we were, of course, home out on 12 acres completely by ourselves. And we were like, oh, we'll light some sparklers not to celebrate this whole country but just to like (laughs) feel like holiday weekend or whatever and jared took this photo of me with this sparkler like at night that turned out really cool and i was just like do not post it anywhere like don't even post it this month because i don't want it to be like we were not celebrating this great country and our leaders or anything like that you know and so i was like I don't want there to be any, you know, I don't, I want nothing misconstrued about the, why I had a sparkler because it is not yeah. to show my support mm-hmm. for this country in the middle of a dumpster fire, you know, it, yeah. so it's, I don't know, yeah. you have to, you have to make sure that you're not partaking in like a disconnect between what you're sort of like rooting for and what you say you stand for and what you're actually doing with your time and your resources. Yeah. 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 Cause now, I mean, I've, 
I've uh, I, I've kind of taken the Dave Chappelle route on the, this a little bit with his. Uh, I said he goes. He likes being in the. He's sees what's going on with the young the young youngsters and protests and everything, and he's okay being in the passenger seat. And I, um, you know, I've been protesting since I can remember, probably for a good ten years, wherever I can, whether it be for like Planned Parenthood or for down at lobby days for anything that I support. But the passing of John Lewis was like really hard for me because he was one of the reasons why I caused good trouble. Yeah. And I, I am at that point where I know that I look out and I see protests because I would love to be at them, but I'm at work. But seeing what goes around in the capital region of the protests, I'm, I'm okay with being in the passenger's seat because I know that um, people got it. Yeah. And, it, and I've, I've been, I've, been touched by like some of my friends to be like yeah I went to protest for the first time because I've seen you do it so many times and now I know what you've been talking about I didn't understand it before and it's like you know everyone comes at their own time so and we all wish people can come a little sooner than later but um I know at least here I, I, I there's still a lot of work to be done as it always has been but there's a good group of people that are still consistently like um doing what they can to support black local businesses and bringing cause to it. Like my, uh, this one girl I know has been making t-shirts, yeah. <clears throat> black lives matter t-shirts, decals has raised almost like 10 grand for like, you know, all, some of the local legal defense funds and the black owned, uh, organizations here. So it's, it's, it's good to see my community come together, but I know that there's still those people that were like, just I'm not going to get it. Yeah. There's a, there's a group here in Nashville, uh, that is what a handful of teenage girls. I want to say four or five high school and yes, yeah, teens for equality. And similarly to what you're saying, like we, you know, we live an hour away and can't always get into town for those kinds of things. And I'm always thinking, like, yeah, these girls have got this handled. Like they've they have done yeah. a great job of uniting people and getting them out on the streets to mm-hmm. to cause good trouble and, you know, that's that's one of those sort of like nod to the people that seem to ha- you know, to be handling it when you can't be there. Yes, my uh, I have some uh one of my good friends moved to Nashville for her job. Um, and she works in the music industry. She moved, I want to say, at the end of February, right when the tor- or when the tornado happened. Like she oh, yeah. moved, mm-hmm. like then that week, like the tornado happened, and then now everything is shut down with her, um, with every same thing. But she was out protesting, and she was showing me videos and sending me videos, and I was just so blown away by it, just the size of it. But then to find out later that it was just those teenagers that did it, where I like, it, I just took. I, it just took my breath away, yeah. like shed a tear. Where I was like, "Oh my God, this is beautiful." Because you know, because I know my mom can't believe that I still have to, you know, protest the stuff that she was still yeah. protesting right. about. And those I mean, are some yeah, of my favorite protest signs. I can't believe we still have to protest this shit. Yeah. Just yes, yes, yes. Part of me feels a little bit like. Um, like I said, like I feel like there's a lot of things you look and you're like, man, we've we've made some strides and that's really exciting. But also it's kind of like uh especially living out here in the country, um I feel like a lot of it is like how you're raised and I wonder if like a lot of <laughs> yes. it is like I wonder if some people just can't get this isn't an excuse, it's the opposite of it. It's like it starts with how you raise your fucking kids you know what i mean it's like I, yeah I, I think there are some people that 
it is literally um like I, this will give you an example uh because we've all been on fucking social media so much i'm basing everything off of like all because that's how i communicate with anyone <laughs> like there was this meme right, yeah. but i yes. saw someone posted recently, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, so i saw someone post recently like uh you know the people that are showing hate really hate themselves and so you know come at you know kind of come at them with that mindset but i and i wrote i dm that person and i was just like i just also think though that some of those people are just bred that way like it's in their blood to be hateful mm -hmm. and i don't i not to be like fucking dire but i just don't know if those people can always be changed and i yeah. I don't, ha I no, don't, have, a, I don't right. have an answer. But those people will die. And the point yeah, is exactly. that we're creating new humans that we are teaching right. the right things. See, I, I that's I that's why I'm a little torn. Like, I've always met someone that wanted kids. But now I'm like, I don't want to have fucking kids. Some, I don't even know how some of these people should be having kids. But I, it, it, but that goes – no, but you're right, Jared, because I, I mean, I grew up – so I'm from upstate New York in Colony where it's like 95% white. You know, I grew up with kids who said to me that they, they were like, oh, no, I'm blacker than you, you know, because I don't like I know I listen to Biggie more or you know what I mean? Or like it was it was like, no, like, like, shut up. But not ha I, I was there was there was there's only like so much of us here. And like, we feel like we're like our own little family, like the black kids, because recently <clears throat> it there was an anonymous someone like did like an anonymous version calling out my former high school uh for racism and i was like this has been going on yeah. <laughs> like you know what i mean like um, now there's their internet's the bug but but we when when i posted about it it was like the 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 black friends that i had there like we feel like we had our own little family because we had to deal with some of that bullshit and just hearing different stories about what like guidance counselors were say like there's um there was a time where this one girl called my friends like the, like all these things like porch monkey nigger all this shit through like instant messenger and text message and showed it to the principal and then the principal was like well she could have been hacked and blah 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 and so she told us what happened but then this girl is still saying this shit in lunch yeah and my friend came over to her and dumped chocolate milk over her head and was like got milk bitch and it was probably the most hilarious thing i ever seen in my life but the what fucked was fucked up was that obviously my oh my obviously my friend was gonna get detention but the principal said that if any one of us touched that girl who was calling us these like calling us all these names that we would get suspended and i was like fuck you i was like I i'm not gonna get suspended for something that i didn't do yeah. i was like if somebody else hits her then let me hit her yeah. <laughs> or i'll see you in court because i don't know what you're suspending me for something that i physically didn't do yeah uh, i didn't you know so it's just... i think uh it's it's if there's one thing i mean the 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 um what's the word the culture shock out here because we lived in the city and you know nashville is still tennessee but I mean, in we lived in the city of a tennessee city yeah but it's still like uh mm -hmm. you know every time we go to the city now like go to nashville it's an hour drive or so it's like you know back to our home like where we were where we met and everything east nashville it's like pride flags and black Lives matter signs and everything and <clears throat> the culture shock out here is just like that's one thing that really set in that like um it's still like it might be lessening but fuck man i don't fucking know if i think it's lessening i think it i think more people are kind of waking up to this shit but like i thought that right when i thought that in the last election 
and then look where we are now, yeah. you know? And it's like, I, I would yeah. like to think yeah. this is like the dying breath of like a generation that is for some shitty stuff. But I just like, I hope that's the case. But like, yeah. I wonder if like, like good and evil and like fighting evil will like always fucking be there because there will just always be those people that like raise their kids to be shitty and frankly Hateful. yeah and yeah. honestly then there's another sect of it too that i think that's like that certainly my eyes have been opened up to in the last year which is like don't raise your kids to just be uh let me make sure i use the right word complacent yeah i always say complacent or complicit mm -hmm. I, I always get the two confused <laughs> but yeah. don't like don't raise your kids to be complacent either like because i know friends that have kids right now that them the, the parents that are our age are like don't don't post or share or do literally anything are basically blind to all of the stuff that's going on right now in the world they don't even they won't they'll be like shocked when if donald trump got elected because they don't follow any fucking politics right and they're just like how could that happen i don't know yeah and it's like if you literally part read of it, how that happened is because you're just like in another world <laughs> yeah so if you raise yeah if you raise your kids yeah. with privilege and they don't and they don't recognize their privilege and then because i think every parent wants to raise their kid with privilege right it, with the sense of like yeah whether whether comfort right. and and you every parent wants their yeah. kid to have the things that they want except for my mom she didn't want me to have those dicky shorts in the year <laughs> i wanted them but <laughs> that i feel like you know you want your kids to be privileged in a sense of like safety and security right and but yeah. if you raise them to be like little influencers that are just like <laughs> like i guess in my mind too it's like if you're gonna at least if somebody's like posting black lives matter just because they want to join the bandwagon we try not to be those people but at least it's sharing yeah. something that's an important cause but i think almost just as bad as raising your kids to be hateful is raising your kids to just be completely blind to all of it yeah. you know what i mean yes i'm not a big fan of the uh colorblind raising right. Right. um you know i never understood the whole no, thing I like don't i don't see, see color, color. Yeah. i'm like yeah yeah that's i'm like, yeah, like listen yes you do <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah i was like that's part of the problem i was like because if you i mean if you it's one thing to teach and i'm getting i don't have kids but you know i have uh, like out of my five best closest friends five are white and one is asian and that's you know the the town i grew up in and um my best friend has two daughters they know that um they know auntie jasmine is a different color that she's still awesome you know what i mean i still she tells me not to tell her kids that donald trump's an asshole <laughs> you know she, because sometimes i'll be like they'll be off doing something i'll be watching the news and i don't know that they're behind me and i'll just say i'll just say a thought out loud about donald trump and i forget kids repeat shit but um <clears throat> but they understand that they they don't, and they're still young now, but when I'm with them, they'll like, they don't see that people are, they know people are different, but they don't understand, they don't know what's going on about like the police. That's not something that they're aware of. And I'm okay with that. They're young. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like seven and five. But um, when your kids are, about, for me, when your kids are about 10 or 11, because I grew up, uh, I moved to an all white neighborhood when I was like six or seven. 
um, around that age. And I, and I, my dad, I stopped seeing my dad when I was 11 and my dad's black, my mom's white. So growing up in the nineties and not having your dad around, like you, you, you're that stereotype that everyone saw on TV. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, well your dad's missing. Your dad's a criminal, your dad's something or whatever or whatnot. You know, most some people thought my dad was Bill Cosby when I showed him a picture, which was even weirder, but, um, having, having, having what's portrayed on TV as like, you know, a missing father or um, you see that majority with black people on TV that you didn't really see it when like the TV shows that I was watching or, or the ones that I was aware of even looking back now when they have those specials. And so it's like, you get, it's hard breaking that stereotype when you see it as a young kid, because I feel like even those kids that said those things to me about being like blacker than me and whatnot now still don't see their privilege in their mind. And they've got like the whitest privilege I've ever seen, um, growing up, you know, like they, this one of the kids I remember he said, he goes, I've been roughed up by cops before. I'm like, yeah, because you're an asshole. I was like, I wouldn't get that. I was like, like, but I wouldn't get that opportunity to take a swing. I'd be dead before I hit the ground, but you're not, you know, you're not seeing that, but you can also use your, you know, your name to throw around in this town to be like, oh, you're so-and-so's kid. All right. Well, you're just, you know, don't, don't, don't drink and drive. Have a good day. But I, (laughs) I don't think it's funny too, that like, um, you know, the idea of like fairness is such a, um, for at least for people of privilege, mind boggling thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's shocking. But then when it's flipped and it's like, I, you know, you hear like Trump give speeches and he's like, it's been, it's been so unfair to me. The media has been unfair to me. And it's like, you're the fucking president. Like you're going to be under all this scrutiny. What did you think was going to happen? Or when like, somebody's like, you know, uh, what do you say? Like, I've been roughed off by the cops too. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just, it, people think that it has to be uh, like Mm -hmm. one for one. I don't, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting because there's, People that don't see that, like, you know, white males and white people are still the majority in America. So um, it's when you know that, but then they are like, well, so, you know, we could get killed by police, too. I was like, yes, but only a so so disproportionately so that, like, we're still 46 percent of the people that are incarcerated for the same shit that you do. So that doesn't seem to cross your mind. But. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that maybe uh, what helps is that it feels like um, there. Well, this doesn't help. It's like something shitty happens, and that helps kind of unite us in a weird way. But it's just like I think for a lot of like young uh, people that are uh, you know fired up about you know uh, human issues and things like that. I think we're also centered around the idea that like. Um, you know, from a government standpoint, they like really don't give a fuck about us. And I think that's also shown personally in, you know, uh, do I think Biden is an okay candidate? Sure. I mean, I loved when he was eating ice cream and, you know, a vice president under Obama, but I think that there are more progressive candidates personally that I think that they, they made yeah. us go through like months and months of all this like news stuff that was like, you know, it could be Elizabeth Warren, it could be Kamala Harris, it could be uh, Bernie and all of this stuff. And you're like, oh, all, you know, they all have these cool new ideas. Like that AOC tweet. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Just referring back to social media because yeah, that's yeah. all we but That's all we have in life. All of that just so we could get, you know, someone like Biden and it's like um, who, you know, I think – 
represents a lot of things that are great as far as the next you know step but i think it doesn't go far enough you know what i mean and, and yeah I, yeah no i i want i want the trump I was of kind the of, left you know what i mean like i want he's like over here like you know doing all this crazy shit for the wrong reasons i want somebody to come in and like kick the fucking doors down and like do all this crazy shit for the right reasons you know what i mean yeah i've uh i've had it's been an yeah it's been an interesting election for the democratic side because i've i was someone from i feel like the get-go once I saw Biden get that first random behind comeback lead, I was like, oh, people just want to get Trump out of here. And I feel like that that was kind of because I know that there's um, <clears throat> there's that uh, there's, you know, the people who supported like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. I love I met Elizabeth Warren. I love her. I want to be your best friend. I've, I'll have to text you guys that picture yeah. <laughs> um, after this. Um, but um, I I is. Um, once I real, I feel like there was just some things that I would see with Biden winning, and then especially when he um when he took the South mm -hmm. in the black vote, I was like, yeah, they just want to get Trump out of here. And I feel like there was that argument between like the, the, with Bernie and 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 the Biden supporters was because I feel like is and I love the passion that some of them that right. that Biden, uh, Bernie supporters have, but I feel like I just hard for me to explain it. I'm like, this election at this yeah. point is just about getting Trump out of well, office. Well, I mean, like, and I know that sucks, Biden. but like. But that's uh, yeah, yeah. I was like because I was like I see Biden as like people just like good enough. Everyone knows him. Everyone likes him. You know. Um. You know. And I'm not saying like Biden. I, I'm a little nervous. Uh. Um. I'm not nervous for Biden as much as I am nervous for another four years of Trump. But I will. I will. I feel like this election will fully be depend on who he picks for his vice president. Yeah. And if he's and if he screws it up, then the people are just gonna be like, all right. We're just gonna have to you, brace ourselves for the end of the you world. Have someone <laughs> that you like for vice president that you would pick for him to pick. In, to you know, it, it, to this point, to to win the election, it's got to be Camila Harris. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Just got to. I, I, I like, But I would still love Elizabeth Warren. Um, because I feel like it's going to be one of those, how Obama did his, um, office because right. once he bit Hillary, it was like, does he pick her for VP? Right. But like he put her in a secretary of state, which I have definitely approved of. So it's just like, where can we, yeah. I feel like now it's important planning for the Democrats to be like, if he gets this, who's going to put where to take over for what? You know what I mean? If she, if she, if if she's not the if Camille's not the vice president, then make her the attorney, new attorney general. Well, I think uh, yeah, I think that or or somewhere where it can because I would love to see Elizabeth Warren somewhere on a cabinet where you know for financial just to take Wall Street down again. I'm just yeah. like put her up there. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think he's gonna pick her, but uh, I would like to see like I think Keisha is it Keisha Bottoms, it, the man. Well, Stacey Abrams also. Stacey Abrams would be great. Yeah, I do think like a, a woman of color would be like a, I, I would be the That's, right pick. Yeah. Um, the one know. thing I have, uh, I'm just gonna go there. Yeah, fine. That's good. Because I, go. the one thing I'm like, I, Jared knew I was over here like fighting my tongue because <laughs> I love Kamala and I love her stance on what's going on. I mean, I I love her yeah. stance right now on police brutality like i appreciate her for doing that but there's this little part of me that can't get past 
her prosecutor role and it makes me feel like she is contributing to the prison industrial complex and that I have and I'm I'm sort of fighting against that just as hard as I'm fighting against the rest of it Mm -hmm. and so there's yeah. a little bit of that yeah, I no, can't get past, but I will if I need to, yeah. and also yeah. I'll be right there supporting. Them. No, oh yeah, yeah. but no, there's there's there are some things that are definitely suspect from when she was a prosecutor that bring up, and it, and it's uh, it's one of those where your eyes, woman of color, I'm torn between like I hope you've learned and grown from it because you are if you're going to be the next vice president, uh, you're going to be the first female black vice president. You have to show that you are like, she, I feel like she's going to have a high, more of a pedestal as well as black women do. But I'm like, I hope you've grown from when you're prosecutor role and that you realize the mistakes that you're making or what would you do with this power? Because, um, you know, I, I, that's one of the reasons why people as much, (laughs) please. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, she's also had some issues with uh, when she would send transgenders to the wrong prisons and not understanding that too. So I've had a, an issue with that on, as well. Uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how she either takes her and learns from it or if she just like lets the money talk. I don't you know, but I feel like her heart is there. Yeah. Um, the same way I felt like with, with Cory Booker. Cory Booker was probably one of besides those were probably one of the most genuine candidates. Oh, we just him. like openly, He's also vegan, and uh, we, you know, us yeah. are kind we of annoyingly like, stick together. Yeah. So we were like <laughs> together. You know, we were like he's our like number one. We were like hold up, and also he's really <laughs> right. And I don't think he'd ever get elected because of one reason, at least in this climate, because he's too nice, and that's why we loved him too. Because I feel like we're really yes. nice, and we're like I would. I would love someone who's nice and caring and gentle and and speaks multiple languages mm-hmm. and vegan to like run for president and win. But um, you know, it's like, but I, you know, it's it's yeah. all about name calling. Right now, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, he'll be another. I have another. I have a really cute picture of me and him too. I I go down to DC um, a few times a year with Planned Parenthood to, uh, you know, if, if something looks like, you know, women's healthcare, or they're up for another cut for their budget. And one year it was a great year. Cause we, we were the first group from, um, to go down to DC to do the hands made tales kind of version of trolling protesting where we just like walked around DC as dressed as handmaid's oh. tales. And like, everybody was like freaked out, like who the, what the is going on? But I got great picture. Like we, I ran into, um, my auntie Maxine Waters. <laughs> She's oh, like the yeah. world's other auntie. Um, I got a really funny picture of Bernie because I caught him off guard. I was like, I just get a, and I snapped one quick and I've got it. I met Cory Booker for a minute and I had a conversation. He just, it's my favorite picture um, of just big smile and just big hearted. And, and, and I remember like tweeting it out, like what's him when he's like, you know, gave me the sweetest response of like keeping a voice in this world and you're important. And so, so I love, oh my God, if, if Rosario Dawson breaks up with him, like, I'm like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> oh, I thought they did break up. Let me know. I heard somewhere that they I don't, did. I don't know. Well, if, if Cory Booker is looking for You're a date, for then it. I am I am <laughs> available. Um, we can even do it via like the chat since it's all <laughs> social distancing. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, it will be. Uh, I feel like he's got to do Bernie or Bernie. Uh, Benny's uh, Benny. I can't even talk anymore. Biden. There's so many bees. Has to has to pick now of soon. I mean, we're t- getting towards August, and we've got to get. 
I don't know if debates were going to happen. I would just like to also see anybody debate Mike Pence at this yeah. point. Um, especially if I feel like if it was a woman, because then I feel like his wife would have to be on stage with him to allow him to debate. Yeah, no joke. Um, well, and also, I mean, that's one thing that I think Kamala uh, would really bring to the table is like she definitely is, seems like a really tough woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and just a tough human. Yes. Like she could kick some ass. And so um, that up against Mike Pence would certainly be something to watch. Uh, and, you know, I think. Just the way she stares, because she'll do it with like the 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 mom, right? Like the with the, the and be like, mm, I know you're lying. Like she, I love watching her question somebody because it's just and that's the good side of your rawness, the prosecutor. Like, yeah, yes. that's the that's the positive yes. side of it, right? And I think that I think yeah, that that's biting. Not to make that joke, but I think Biden's biding his time uh, because he's ahead, by, like, he's ahead by fucking double digits right now. So if anything, if I, I, I know, but that's what scares me because Hillary was like that, and it's like, but that I don't want that to deter people from not. Voting. No, right, but I think what's going to happen is, and I could be wrong, but if I was his, in his campaign, I would be like, we're gonna. You've already said you're gonna announce a woman. You're probably gonna announce a woman of color. So hold off. Because you're ahead by double digits. When you dip down to only being ahead by three points in a in a month, let's throw that out there and be like, "All right, here's my running mate," and bring those numbers back up again. I feel like they're probably using that as like, you know, like a last minute kind of a leverage point yeah. for anybody that was on the fence and can then go, oh, "Okay, well, all right, this sort of further supports my." Hesitant nod for him. Yeah, because you know? yeah, think about people like in the middle that are like that are like, yeah, all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff shouldn't be happening to people of color, but that's about the biggest stance they take on it. If they see, uh, yeah. you know, African-American woman being announced as the running mate, even if you don't follow any politics, you'd be like, yeah, I like that idea. You'd be like, like okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, it's, a, yeah, it's about time. Yeah. You Ugh. know, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's weird. Politics. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's scary, but interesting. Like, you know, I follow a lot of politics and I read uh, like six different sources a day. Uh, and just across just reference, across reference and make sure yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. It just, it's one of those things that you see why you have to play the game a certain way, but it just sucks that it has to be that way. I mean, because I feel like I'm like a very. Well, uh, I stand very liberal to the left, progressive, but I get why certain things have to be a certain way. So or it's at like, least moderate to try to get right the mo- the other moderates, you know. Right, because like, someone like mm-hmm. Bernie, yeah. who I love uh, and I wish would be – I mean, Kristen literally was like, if Bernie became president, I would like – I have nothing to hope for. It. <laughs> yeah, or no, or no, no, if, if Bernie – yeah, right. It. When he dropped out, I was, was like, like, well, I have nothing to, have nothing to right. hope for uh, anymore. She was like, if someone like Bernie won presidency, I would like need to take a week off just to like cry and be happy and just be like, look, I hope for this country. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know. I also definitely get why like, you know – Sleepy Joe had to be the candidate because we got to get the masses on board. And we just read a, a, an article yeah. about like, you know, Trump's like names for everybody. Like the Sleepy Joe thing's not Ugh. working because people like the idea of a candidate that's kind of sleepy. People you know are I mean? like, like, please give us someone that isn't going to make yeah. us cry <laughs> all day, every right. day. I know this candidate's gonna put me to sleep and not make me like wake up in horror every fucking five minutes. Like I'll take it. You know what I mean? So I think like 
if it means that we have four years of a president that, you know, not much gets done on one end or the other, but at least he, you know, he stands for women's rights. He stands for, you know, human rights. He stands for things moving in the right direction. It's like, well then fuck Maybe that opens the gates for, you know, Kamala or whoever it is becoming the first woman of color being president. You know what I mean? And unfortunately if you follow history, she's a big history buff. I'm a big politics buff. So put those two together and you can see patterns. You know what I mean? And yeah, no, if you see that like progression moves super slowly and, and, and change takes a lot of time, but it does happen over time, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, and history has shown that like every time that like black people succeed, there's a backlash. And I, I, I had that in the back of my mind during the the last election because I feel like there was a great SNL skit when uh, Dave Chappelle was hosting right after the election and Chris Rock came in of election night and it was like two black guys being like around all their white friends being like, Oh my God, I think America's kind of racist. (laughs) And you know, and I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There I was like, it's not saying that they're, not all of them, but it's it's a fine line of ignorance because you even see now with people still being upset with like history being changed with like Columbus. Like to them, Columbus discovered America. He's the greatest person in the world. I was like, yeah, but he also like raped and pillaged and yeah, like I was like, he's also raped and pillaged Native Americans to get this land. Like this whole America is, was 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 stolen land. Like uh, and I feel like Hamilton dropped at like the perfect time right. too. Even though, like, throw a little good uh, narrative in there, but like, it it's it's the same thing. Like, change. Like, people just are so traditionally grown up to think like America is the greatest country in the world. We said fuck you, Britain, but like, you didn't talk about who we like also killed to 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 uh, acquire this land, and then how we stole other people to like make to build it. Like, it just doesn't. It to me, it never made sense in my head. Well, I think too. Uh, I mean. You're seeing a lot of like the newer generation, the people that are this is their first election being able to vote, um, being super fired up about mm-hmm. it. And I think what's important is if you want to age gracefully, I think the people that age gracefully are the ones that even if you don't understand a certain change as you get older, that you realize that one, that that's just the nature of life. You get older and you understand things less. Uh, so you have to embrace that. But two, mm-hmm. it's that like, that's kind of not your fucking jurisdiction anymore. It's like, I read this tweet. We're just going to keep using tweets as our references for everything. I read this tweet that was like, could you imagine if someone made you watch a movie and then left the room 10 minutes into it? And then they were like, all I'm saying is, is old people shouldn't vote. And I was like, the idea of like, <laughs> but it's like not necessarily that wrong. It's like, in a sense, I would. Some day yeah. he's going to bite me in the ass and just be like, Jared Corder, repeat, repeat, says old people shouldn't vote. Jared Corder's ageist. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that like if you want to age gracefully <laughs> and you want to be supportive and, and grow, realize that you're not going to understand everything. So for me, it's like when they first started saying like defund the police, I had the same fucking reaction that every other person in my head, not like on social media, but just like, well, what would that mean? Like, what, <laughs> what would happen if this or that? But mm-hmm. what I did as a intelligent human was research. You know what I mean? Research. Yeah. You just read about it and you read what it means and you read the statistics and you read about why they want that and how it works in certain communities. And you're like, oh, that makes a ton of fucking sense. Let's let's do it. 
Yeah, it's crazy how people don't want to do research, yeah. or even nowadays when people want to throw Wikipedia, and I'm like, listen, I like college doesn't even accept that as a reasonable source, yeah. <laughs> like for an essay, even in high school, like it's a website that you could pay to go to go on and change, yeah. and some people still don't understand that concept, and it's like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. So I think like when there's certain <laughs> things that I might be like, I don't get this right now, you're right. Um, I, I have two choices. I could choose to just be like, well, that's not what I'm used to. So, so I don't like it or to be like, well, let me educate myself about it and why people want to tear down a statue of, I don't know, Teddy Roosevelt. Right. That's another example. Like, well, mm -hmm. I thought Ted, I'd be like, I wasn't like a big bleeding heart, Teddy Roosevelt fan, but I just was <laughs> like, I, I, thought, I thought he was one of the good ones. Right. And you read and you're like, there was yeah, really yeah. no such thing as one of the good ones. If you go back through history, it's like a lot of them were really fucked up, right? And uh, yeah, and just like, and I realized, like, wait, but this isn't like this is like the next generation is setting the tone for what's going to happen for our future, and they want this is hurting people. If it hurts people to put a monument up, like, why would you put the fucking monument up? I don't know. So it's like. You know, if I don't understand something, I want to age gracefully. And so I realized, like, let me do some research. And if I disagree with something, uh, I can have that personal disagreement. But I think that the if you do research and educate yourself, rarely do you end up on the side of the oppressor. Sure. Yeah. It's but there's that sweet irony of like wanting to people do research and then some people's research is a meme that they post from somebody else's unverified. Mm -hmm. Uh I've I see a lot of the uh the one that Trump tweeted out a couple years ago about the statistic of black on black crime. And I just always when people post that, I'm like, that's right, because white people have never committed a crime ever in their life. There wasn't a whole series called The Sopranos based on anything right. that you haven't done in real yeah. life before. Well, and there's a whole war on college, right? I mean, if you look at like a lot of like the right. Yeah. Like the like, oh, colleges create, you know, they breed liberal bias or whatever. But no, it's like, no, maybe it's not liberal bias. Maybe it's just because they are educated. Do you know what I mean? Um, listen, I fucking think yeah. a lot of things about college are fucking stupid. I think it's really stupid to put 21 year olds in $30,000 worth of debt and then send them on their way. Like I think from an economic standpoint, yeah. college is really ridiculous. But I think from the standpoint of, of like you go and you spend time around other cultures and other people and people that have spent their mm -hmm. years devoted to one subject. I took a Native American Indian history class as an elective in college. And I was like, man, this will be cake, right? I mean, like, well, you know, I was like 19. I was like, you know, what, what is this going to be? This should be easy. I learned more in that class. I mean, I feel like that class made me more aware of like different heritage and different cultures than like so many things in my life. And um, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I think like you have to cross-reference things. You have to really – if you read a statistic that you think is bullshit, you have to read a couple more sources to see if that's proven or not. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to know that to get a, like an, a different history lesson, you have to pay for it at college even though you could like – like because I took uh, an African-American history class um, as my elective and – there were things that I, um, you know, knew. I always make this the same joke around St. Patrick's Day where I was like, St. Patrick's Day is for 
some white people to drink away their guilt and frustration of having to sit through another Black History Month <laughs> because there's <laughs> always the same shit you got to sit through. Who invented the peanut? Rosa Parks sat on the bus, MLK. You know, I mean, they didn't ever dive into any other things because there was always like the cliff note version yeah. of what we were taught. And so to learn like, other things that have happened but then um when i went back to school i went back to college to finish at 30 so i was a good like 10 12 years older than these kids so there was a lot of things i already knew and um i sometimes i would be told not to talk in class because i'd always have a response to everything <laughs> because I was like no but i know what it is but it was crazy like i walked into one one class late one time and i luckily walked into the right door because she was doing a class where if you, you didn't know until you walked in the door if you walked into the whites only or the colors only and we actually had like a good diverse group of kids and so if I walked into the right door so I didn't have to stand in the corner of the room and for class all day because if you walk through the right, wrong door if you're a person of color you were sent to, to fake jail which was standing in the yeah. corner and, and, and for the whole hour and 10 minute lecture just to see the breakup of it and you can tell that like kids were like annoyed um, but they got a part of like what a glimpse of what it felt like to have to deal with that. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, man, um, it's, there's, Cause even, cause we, we were talking about with the native American things. I mean, I'm in upstate New York. We, we knew about like the five nations, yeah. but that was basically it. But like we have schools named after them and then people want to get um, like all up in arms that we want to change it. I was like, there's a difference between like honoring something and like just naming it after. Like you just name right. a school after like you think that's good enough. We never learned about who these, what these, who these people were, what their culture was in our class, and we have a building named after it or or something that symbolizes it. Like, yeah. you don't see the irony in that. Yeah, I think that. Um... For anyone that thinks that like, you know, this stuff has gone away or whatever. I mean, it's certainly pretty apparent now, but it, it's sad that uh, it's it's gotten to this point. But it's just like we do this to ourselves. I don't know. We, re we continually repeat history. Yeah. And, you, you know, I think like, you know, Obama got elected. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, I mean, like we elected a black guy. So like racism yeah, over, it, guys. And it's like, um, I, you know. And then look at the fucking backlash. Now yeah. we have, I mean, literally uh, there was that woman, we were watching John Oliver and, and he played a clip from a woman that, yeah. him. and um, this African-American woman, she gave this speech and she said like, just be glad that we're looking for uh, equal rights and we're looking to be treated equal and not looking for revenge. And it's like, yeah, you're like mm -hmm. no fucking shit, right? It's like, it's like they yeah. really should be looking for revenge. Right. And, and, revenge. and it's just yeah. like right gay people are just uh, – uh, the LGBTQ community are just looking to be able to marry each other, right? And it's like you know, African-American mm -hmm. people are just asking this, just saying and now having to yell and now having to fight be, because they just are like, stop killing us. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop yes. throwing us yeah. in prison. Like, Mike I, you know, like marijuana is still – isn't it still a class one felony? Yeah, it's still a level one drug. And I so I interesting story behind the, the that is that I was in an economics and law class and 
I did a, uh, my group, we're talking about group projects. We did a group project about how marijuana is still a level one drug and how that still feeds into the prison system. And um, going to SUNY Albany, there is always a majority of like Long Island privileged kids coming up to go to school away from home and then to go back. And having to deal with these kids who like complain that the house that they're running has a hole in it from the previous tenants. I was like, I'm sure you probably have done worse to throw a party. They, they were so resistant of um, believing that marijuana still um, is one of the reasons why people are, or black people are sold over jail. But it had, and like, I see the statistics that come from like real evidence that show that like police unions are still behind on wanting marijuana to be a level one drug because it still throws people into jail because it's still federally something that you can do if the state picks you up or the feds pick you up. But like states, dif like there's still, New York is, um, I think it's under an ounce. They can't do yeah. anything or there's under a certain amount, but there are still police officers who still want to like ticket you and tow your car for something that's legal. It probably has to do with the fact that there are private prisons in this country right. and it all goes back to yeah, them yeah. making money for incarcerating people. So there's a clear yes. problem there. <laughs> yeah. And also it's like, uh, yeah. Did you guys watch 13? Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. And we actually live in a yeah. town that has a civic core or a core civic, uh, prison here. I mean, we live not far from a private prison, and I, there's a Facebook page about like wanting to shut it down. And I sometimes go and check out what's going on on that Facebook page because I'm definitely rooting for that. And I did actually just read something. I hope it hasn't changed in the week that since I saw this, but um, I, I saw that Nashville is probably ending their relationship with Core Civic for their metropolitan nope. prison. And that is like a huge step in the right direction. I mean, I know they were still sort of like trying to work out the terms of that. But um, last I checked, Nashville was looking to separate from the private prison situation there. And that, you know, that was like one little step That's in the cool. right direction. Direction. Yeah, it's crazy to see the entanglement that there's people who don't really like because even to talk about how um, you know police were created to capture slaves like people don't believe that in their minds they're like nope they're there to do to preserve and protect and I'm like yeah but they're not lawyers they don't know all the laws they know the basic laws they're not EMTs and they they're not mental health those. experts <laughs> They barely know the <laughs> no, I know. Somehow they still don't know that, you know, you yeah. can film them and that you don't have to be, yes. you know, detained for a traffic stop unless they, you know, I mean, they still fight on that. So even the basic, mm -hmm. basic fundamental laws, they, they, they really don't know, <laughs> or they at least pretend to not know yes. when it serves them. Yes. Yes. That's what I have a good friend who his organization um, they're called Interim Voices that are in Albany, and they one of the things that they do is go into um, they help 
police departments do like a sensitivity training in a sense of how to deal with people of color because they are an organization that deals with uh, that or no, I should say deals with organization that helps with LGBTQ people of color whether it be like you know teaching like sex education or having like resources for like HIV tests or to talk about like um, you know consensual relationships because there's officers and police departments and even with schools that don't know how to um, address transgenders or address people who don't um, have to use different pronouns. They don't know how to deal with like relationships and, and like a, a domestic dispute between like a girl and a girl or man to man. And those are the things that they'll go in and teach. But there's those aren't in the basic trainings that you would see um, generally when you are going to be a police officer. Like you know, hairstyle. Hair, I think it's hairstylists. I read go go through more training hours than police officers would do. So it's like. Even with defunding the police that you're talking about, it's like going through and seeing what it is. I get offended when I know that cities have, if, if they have money for tear gas and they don't have money for masks. Or when I see the, the them patrolling down looking like G.I. fucking Joe yeah. in a neighborhood that has condemned buildings and like you can't redirect that money. You know, I... I was fortunate enough when I had to deal with my rape case that I worked with a, a wonderful female detective, but knowing where I was, I, <coughs> between the, uh, three like courthouses and places I had to go through, you saw where all the money went through. Like the district attorney's office was, you know, and in a nice up, upcoming spot, but the police department was in the middle of, uh, downtown Albany, which is like, everyone calls the ghetto. And it's like, it, it's run down that police station. And so for them to have to work in those conditions, I see where that's part of my part of wanting to say defund the police because you have, why should the SVU department look like, like a weird dungeon, sex dungeon in my mind? You know what I mean? It's like a grim, creepy place to like have to go tell, like, it looked like one of those places that you always see on TV in the nineties. That was like the police department downtown. Yeah. And it just gives you that like weird feeling to want to be there. But I, there was only, I think she was like the only female off uh, detective that I was in there. And so I can't imagine what it was like for other people to go in and talk to a, a male officer about what another male did yeah. to you. Well, I mean like, I, I don't know about a lot of my white friends, but Kristen and I have never felt Cool, good or cool around a cop you know even if, if we got pulled over in the middle of the night if we had nothing on us we had not drank or anything i still don't feel comfortable i'm still like uh I, it, either one like what if this cop's just an asshole and like you know whatever and two mm -hmm. I, you know you always have that weird this is that weird uh, I, I don't know paranoid thing of like even if i know i have nothing i'm always just like what if one of the band members left a joint in the back seat or something like that you know what i mean and so uh, I can only imagine what African-American people feel like when they get pulled over. You know what I mean? Like I'm just a fucking yeah. dude, white yeah. dude, like, you know, living in a, like a, the town in ten Tennessee. So if I get pulled over, you know, the cop sees me and it's usually whatever, but I'm still pretty fucking terrified. You know what I mean? And also just because yeah. I'm a yeah. working musician. So it's like, if I got put in jail for three days, it's like that could affect so many things uh, you know back when we were touring it could affect shows mm -hmm. it could affect our brand it could affect all of these things and that's just from our privilege standpoint so it's like i can only imagine uh, any of that stuff you know and and that can go to what with musicians with uh, why there should be bail reform because they might throw you in 
you might be sitting there for a while if you can't afford bail. Yeah. Well, and you know what? And it's for something, something so honestly, hey. all of this stuff with the uh, with unemployment and with them holding out, extending this shit, and doing this all this political theater, mm-hmm. it's like such bullshit. You're like they are they they're holding they're withholding out, giving people that are unemployed money to pay their bills, but they're like. But God yeah. forbid we want to take some money away from the fucking it's police. It's like literally – Or the military yeah. that was so overfunded. Yeah, Kristen said <laughs> it's like inhumane. We literally feel – I, you know, because it's like we're working musicians. So we're really not working this year. And so, you know, you're looking at your benefits or you're looking at help from the state, which in my mind is like the number one thing a government should be is helping the poor, sick, and needy, right? No matter – no matter mm-hmm. like where you stand, if you were once rich and now you lost your job, you should still be able to get help if you need it, right? And no matter where you're from, yeah. And so it's inhumane to be like literally. I'm like over here, like I Just wonder. Like, we'll wait and see what happens. It's like no, you see what is happening. Like yeah, the fact that thirty <laughs> yeah. million people, including myself, aren't sure if we're gonna have money to pay bills in two weeks because of Mitch fucking McConnell, because of one dude in Kentucky. Yeah. It's just kind of like. But they're like, but you say defund the police and get people get fucking upset when it works in fucking Trenton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And you, you explain to anybody what that means. And they're like, even the people that are like hardcore. Or is it right, Camden, New Jersey? Or Camden, or, New Jersey. Yeah. That's right. That you explain to them what defund the police means. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Like, I'm totally for that. It's just I didn't like the word defund the police. And I'm just like over here with 30 million people being like, I don't know if we're going to have bills in two weeks. Because some fucking dude yeah. in the Senate is like, we're going to hold out. And so See it's, what just, happens. it's yeah. just like really frustrating. To, re- to reference a tweet, it's like, y'all knew what defund Planned Parenthood meant, but you don't understand what defund Planned <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. no shit. So, you know, I don't know. It's like, um, it's, and I mean, I we come from, we still, I mean, even with all this shit going on and, you know, and, uh, you know, being kind of, not being able to tour and stuff, we still come from a very... Uh, we're very like lucky and thankful to have the stuff we have. And then you think about it too. It's like, you know, we, we had to work for what we got, you know, in a lot of ways. That mm-hmm. does not mean that somebody else that like somebody else's pain or suffering is irrelevant or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we didn't come from rich families or get a ton of legs up, leg up, but just because of like the color of our skin or where we live or right place, right time, or being friends with the right person. It's like, we had certain things given to us that might've been harder for somebody else. And I don't know, man, it just feels like right now they're just like, you know, all the, they don't really care about us. Like, I, you know, it's just like really fucking frustrating. And it makes me shocked that anyone that isn't a fucking billionaire would feel any differently. I know. I know. It's really it's crazy that like I've seen that happen with where I work at the grocery store where people who have left working like the front end to work in the offices make these decisions where I'm like, did you forget what it was like to be on the front end? Uh, like we have we just got a new system in our our computers and it's one of those systems that works well for a grocery store but not for my specific company and I was and then the girl who like comes down from the office to like help train was just like I don't understand why um it's so difficult and I'm like because it's backwards how long like how long have you been off the front end <laughs> like you don't remember these you make these changes up and for different things how do you not know this is backwards to what the system that you gave us is and it's crazy how just that little bit of money and that little space in that corner office just makes you forget what the hard work was like on uh, before you before you got up yeah. there, yep. 
I don't know. Uh, well, I, I love yeah. you guys. I miss you guys. Oh, well, it's, we <laughs> miss you too. And uh, thank you for asking us to come and do this. You know, it's like good to have human interaction yeah. sometimes, you know. Interaction. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are also the first successful video that I, we got or not it's not video like I can see you um, because we've been doing this app to do it and I like first I was on a different like you know how phones give you like Foxfire and then they give you like yeah. the internet so for a while like I could only see a map of people and they we could but they could see me and I can't see them so now it's good to be able to like see people because I'm like it works yeah. it works I yeah like this is a cool, cool platform yeah yeah, yeah, I like it. So we're we're also trying to get onto another plat uh, platform that's been beta testing video, but we're like, like the two hundred thousand like podcasts to request it. So I don't. I think our chances are better than getting like Packers tickets, but <laughs> we can. <laughs> but uh, we can. Uh, we can see how that goes. Well, but I definitely want to have you guys come back on and talk about all the uh, animal oh, rescue stuff. Oh, we would love that's, to. Uh, that's, that's our uh, area. Yeah. I Yes, because I feel like that's an important topic yeah, as well. Yeah, we'd be happy to. And, uh, you know, I think... We uh, have a lot to say about that, too. Big yeah, surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I think also, like, yeah. just to leave, leave you with this from us, I guess it's just, like, uh, I think the most important thing is, is, you know, we don't have all the answers or anything. We're just figuring it out, too, just like everybody else. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, you if you side with compassion be it with animals, humans, music venues, uh, you know, uh, I think if you just compassion, uh, equality and justice, yeah. you're going to be on the right side of whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the issue, right. it's really not that hard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those are perfect. 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 My grandpa always said, um, <clears throat> the one thing he missed, my grandpa's going to be, Jesus, oh, he's going to be 89. In a few days, um, so he's seen a lot. But he's the the one thing that he misses about um, the government was compromise and compassion. Mm. He is like he goes. The other used to be times where you're willing to go across and to work other, and there was that that willingness to want to do that to understand it. But then there's just no compassion anymore. It's just I mean, the no, compassion is right. into the negatives at this point. I mean, it's like there is like, I mean, we're we're. There's not only none. We're like truly going in the opposite direction. I mean, yeah. not not for long. If everybody yeah. that's you know being loud and enforcing change has yeah. their way, but yeah, as of right this minute, we're we're in the negatives on compassion and yeah. empathy and yeah. I don't know ugh. when it. I don't know when it became like. Well, I think I do know when it became. It was you know with social media and everything. It's like we let everyone have an equal voice. And, you know, on one end, mm -hmm. on, from a from a human standpoint, from a, you know, uh, uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, we should all have an equal voice. Right. Uh, from a voting standpoint, we should all have an equal yeah. voice. But I don't know if we should all have an equal voice when it comes to Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Because, because <laughs> there are a lot of fucking people that I'm like that. I'm, you know what I mean? And I think that now it's become uh -huh. who was it? Was it uh, Denzel Washington? He has that quote. That's like, uh, it's not about being right anymore. It's about being first. You know what I mean? The first to get the good, the good mm -hmm. clap back yep. on Twitter. It's the first to like have the good yeah. little fire tweet at someone. And 
or like the news yeah, or, or the yeah, news or yeah. anything. And I think that yeah. like we have to get back to that place of compassion and, and of, yeah. Of, uh, and also just waiting because I remember like, you know, because some people will retweet something without finding, like you said, you, you read six different sources to compare and contrast and to get to confirm. But there are so many people that like see a tweet and then just retweet it and it becomes a firestorm without looking into yeah. it. And it could be false information or not real information, and we don't, you don't, you don't wait to get validation. She taught me that. Unless it's from TMZ, because I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, you are just a perfect example of why men should always listen to women. One thousand percent. Until agree. this podcast, I, I have no idea how much I had taught my oh, husband. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I, t- I feel like I tell you that a lot, but I have. That was if there. Another thing she taught me was to wait about a lot of things. Be it like when to release music, be it when to retweet something, be it how long to cook pasta. It's like she's always like, wait a little <laughs> bit longer. You don't have to do everything so fast all the time. Three essential things. Three essential <laughs> things right yeah, there. Yeah, we'll, we will leave you with that because yeah. how can we talk that? <laughs> no, especially with pasta because that's, that's the key to make sure it's the al dente so it's perfect. <laughs> As someone who is like a, a connoisseur of pasta yeah. frequently. Classic <laughs> undercooker. Oh, well, I love you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That makes you feel any better. I used to fuck up Easy Mac. <laughs> there you go. Well, then it wasn't very easy. And that was just. And now you just had to add water, but somehow like my microwave would never be the right like watts to cook it. And I'd have to either add a little more water or do a little under. That's great. <laughs> It's a good thing you, you decided well, you not to wonderful... have kids then because uh, clearly if you can't get yeah, the yeah. Easy Mac uh, proportions correctly, no. then yeah. – yeah. <laughs> just uh-uh. kidding. No. I am, of course. No. I also probably wouldn't even give any of my kids those Easy, easy Mac. No, Easy Mac's all for me. If it's macaroni and cheese, my kids uh, are getting really good. Uh, <laughs> there are certain things I will not share even if it's with my yeah. own kids. Well, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Yes, thank you for being. I miss you guys. I love you guys. I can't wait to just next time we'll just, you know, hug or yeah. virtual hug. But I can't wait to just yeah. hug you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back up in your neck of the woods as soon as as soon as we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if I believe you guys might be on the list to have to quarantine if you traveled up here. But if that quarantine yeah, thanks, drops, Tennessee, you're, we're still good in that. We're still in that good fall. Uh, Foliage right. kind of upstate area. If you right. ever what do they call that? <laughs> see, leaf, see the, leaf see the leaves, keepers, right? I think we learned that in yeah. Le- yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to drive to Vermont uh, on the weekends, and I could tell when the weather was changing, and leaves were going. You you just exactly knew when they were coming. Like mm-hmm. you could see the. But I love it because people would from Vermont would just fuck with those drivers <laughs> so bad because some lanes you would be able to pass. And they would slow down, and the car would try to pass them. They just zoom right yeah, back up as soon as they drive. So that was it. Was always fun. Well, we're gonna buy a camper soon, so we'll, we'll be have, up, we'll be up there at some point. Hell yeah! Let me know. Yeah, I'll uh, talk to you guys later. I'll text you definitely those pictures, and you can yeah. see my. Uh, my my cheeky happiness with uh with Corey and then Bernie just being completely cough guard by a girl in a hands made oh my God. <laughs> We'd love to see that. We love that show. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh I know. I can't wait for season four and I just got signed into my Hulu again, so I'm like ah. All right, I'll talk oh, to you yeah. guys later. Love, love you. you. Bye. 
just love them. Oh, they're so much fun. Repeat, repeat, Jared and Kristen. And uh, let me tell you, the, when that when I did meet them after their set at the uh, at the uh, block party that they were playing at, um, Jared and I had a great conversation about, and we, you know, as we, we talk about this about him when he said he goes, you know, being a, I want to be a pro-feminist man and it's how do I do that as a white man and 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 uh, I'm glad we got to relive that conversation for you because I love that conversation even though when we originally had that conversation when I met him last year uh I was definitely intoxicated, <laughs> intoxicated um from running around drinking all day at the festival but it was a good time and even funny enough we was uh, I'm some of y'all may know I'm not I've never been a fan of Taylor Swift music I'm like eh, okay whatever heard better I thought it was funny that when Kristen mentioned it then next thing you know we see that she just re uh, Taylor Swift released an album called Folklore uh, that has um, the guys from the National producing and making it even though I like the National and I like um, Bonnie Bear I'm like kind of still like no I'm good I'm just not uh, but what I found hilarious is that somebody noticed that the font for folklore also matches the font that probably one of my other favorite bands have been using for like ever and that band's called me without you and somebody asked them if they copyrighted that font and they were like no it's a <laughs> it's a font <laughs> but i just thought because <laughs> i always like taylor swift always be copying off somebody <laughs> so, so if more people pay attention to me without you i would love that but i just thought that was just Irony of the whole thing. I was like, wait a minute. She mentioned how she can't wait to see what she does next. And look at that. She put it on. Maybe because they're all from Tennessee, they probably just caught on board with it. Things I should have paid attention earlier in that conversation. If you want to check out Repeat Repeat, you can head to our website, shaysays.com. Or you can check out their website, repeatrepeat.com. Actually, let me rephrase that. No, it's not. It's, it's repeat repeat music.com. Yes, there we go. You can get a link to um, <coughs> something about their album, where to purchase merch. Um, definitely going to have them back to talk about Animal Rescue. When they said they had 12 Animal Rescues, I'm like, we are talking about this. So I cannot wait to have them back to talk about that. Coming up, we're going to have my interview next uh, with Buddy Nielsen. That's going to be coming out on Friday, and then we're going to have uh, Lucky Kosana and Sabrina Cummings coming up in the next week. I'm going to see, still not going to, I'm hoping I get to hang out real quick with this one band that I've been uh, fans of for a few years when I'm out in L.A. Still don't know yet. Obviously, when I'm out in Los Angeles, it's going to be weird because nothing's really open, and if it's like, I know I traveled, but are you okay, even if we do this separately? Oh, I also interviewed this gentleman that I, I, I met um, well, he was just a customer at my grocery store, but he owns a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym, and I wanted to sit down and talk to them because um, I just found that intriguing, especially about what's going on with um, op reopening phases because, you know, there's gyms, and then there's personal training, and then there's, you know, when it comes with martial arts. So we're going to have that interview in a few weeks. I sat down and uh, talked with well, He's a good kid. He's a, I shouldn't say kid. He's older than me, but he's a good dude. Um, and so I thought it was really random when I asked him. I walked up to and he's at the grocery store. I'm like, do you... I first asked him if I go if he ever listens to podcasts, and then he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I do one, blah, blah, blah. And then when he told me about his gym, I was like, oh my God, I would love to interview about that because I think that's one of those things that are still in the gray area about um, what's going on with COVID, COVID. And especially in my state of New York, people are still pissed about this whole chicken. Oh my God, you could have a fucking chicken wing. You just can't drink outside, you guys. It literally said dining only. Like, like, it's, and then even 
People also said they still want to complain about, you know, how it's all downstate. Listen, Saratoga is still not paying attention. There's video posted everywhere about bars just still outside being overflowed, no one wearing masks, motherfuckers drinking, and it's still track season. So don't blame New York City for everything. All of y'all motherfuckers upstate are still <laughs> drinking outside when you're not and not following the rules. I fully believe when I come back from my vacation that like New York's gonna be in another lockdown of, of certain things. I also do have a plan, hopefully each day, to change something up in my room. I feel like I could I just know I've just got to be so much shit in my room right now. It's like mid-half cleaning through, summer cleaning, and then getting ready to leave, and bras and fucking jeans that I've worn and I just take off at work, and we am interested to see what also happens when I'm not at work, because um, there are some people who are going back to school who have to quarantine before they go back to school, so that pushes them... That makes them unavailable for basically the two weeks that I'm gone and then the week that I'm there. So we'll see how, you know, and at the end of the day, when I get back to work, I just hope they appreciate me more. They pay me more. Because um, I feel like since I'm missing and people are also leaving for school, it might be a little short staff. So we will see. Also, I just saw some news that came out. First, our con artist in chief said that he was going to be throwing the pitch at the Yankees game. And I'm like, do the Yankees know? And then he says there's just too much stuff for him to do for him to actually make the Yankees' first pitch. Ironically, that didn't stop him from golfing with Brett Favre. And in that picture, that man, Tump's neck is, like, straight up looking like alien, like, predator shit. But then you also see that his nipples are sweating. And I'm like, bro, I mean, I mean, my boobies sweat, but, like, my nipples don't lactate. And I haven't even given birth, so I don't know what's going on with that one. That one's a little weird. Oh, Regis Philman died. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Regis Philman died years ago. Not even saying, like, maybe like the last few years. That was just my mistake. And I didn't really say anything about it, but, like, I, let me tell you something. Regis Philman was just a joy, was just a delight, even though Kathy Lee sometimes got on my nerves and a little bit of Kelly sometimes, but Regis was just Reach. Like, and he's, and I, this one tweet that I did see is that Regis has always been a, a huge steeple in black homes. Like, black America, black people, black Americans love Regis Philbin. My One of my favorite clips is when Regis was actually, he was mentioned in two different Nas songs, and they had Regis actually read those lyrics with Nas there, and it was the greatest thing ever. And from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, oh, just... Regis was just a delight and everyone has everyone who's been in daytime even in nighttime anyone who's been in anything has has nothing but um, just wonderful things to say about Regis and I still even though we're gonna throw it back to one of my favorite um my favorite Regis moments is when Hanson first debuted on Regis and Kathy and I remember when Hanson said it's like when we were younger we used to say and they were like younger and they were like only like you know 11, 13, and 17 at the time. So this is like funny, but I just remember just being like younger. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hanson, still no word. We'll see. I'm still seeing if any Hanson fans out there want to chit chat. We are going to do an episode about that. Oh, also, so our Connors and Chief did a 
conditive, or she's talking about a con, uh, I can't even speak anymore, because I just got out of work, and I'm like, anyway, Trump said he took a test about his mind and his stability memory, and gotta love, gotta love the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show for finding out that when Trump said memory questions like, person, woman, man, camera, TV, it actually matched up with the Dora Explorer episode. Also, 19 years, and 19, happy, 19, happy 19th anniversary to probably hands down one of my favorite albums, top 10 albums of all time, Bleed America by Jimmy Eat World. I love that record. It still gets me through life, and if you haven't haven't took a spin of that in a while, just relive. As they say, stick, stick around, nostalgia won't let you down, especially Jimmy Eat World. They never let me down. I always love seeing them play. Always lose my mind. Well, actually, the last time that I saw them play was in Poughkeepsie at the Chance. I was probably like two, three songs in of just losing my mind and my bra strap broke, so I had to like MacGyver it and still had a great time. Oh, before I go, let's all calm the fuck down about Dr. Fauci and his wife taking their masks off for two seconds next to someone that still did. And you know what the crazy thing about all that is? Is that you can clearly tell he is drinking water. There is literally a water bottle in his fucking lap and all of you are losing your minds over him not wearing a mask for three seconds. For, for three minutes. By the way, in the middle of a baseball field that's surrounded by no one except for his wife who's been by his side the whole time and his friend that he did say had a mask and then he did test negative. So fucking relax. Stop being spoiled brats about it. Just wear your goddamn mask, guys. I know it's hard. I know it's rough. We're going to be in this for the long run. If if you just, I know there's a lot of us out there that do. There's a lot of us out there that don't. And it's, again, like a group project. We're doing the best we can on our part, but everyone else is just, ah! So please wear a mask. Relax. Like, Dr. Fauci didn't wear one for, like, three minutes yet. None of you guys seem to fucking care that, like, Trump hasn't worn one ever. Except for, like, the two times, and he hasn't worn them since. So, okay. Let's let's focus on the anger somewhere else. Not on Fauci. He's trying to save us. <laughs> Remember to vote. <laughs> please vote. Ah. <sighs> oh, Okay, there's my vent. I love you guys. I, I'm so glad that we had this time together. Remember, always, always be you. You will never be erased. Not on my watch. And the next time you will hear from me will be on Friday when I am just soaking up the sun in Los Angeles. I can't wait to talk to you then. Love you. Bye.
Samantha Ponzillo Media Production.